Hello and good morning and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, Casual Friday edition because, well, it's Friday, December 2nd, 2022. How is everybody doing today? I'm ready to have some fun. You saw on the thumbnail that this video is going to have as part of its headlines, the New York Times coverage of Depp v. Heard, and we're going to take a look a little bit at the brief from Amber Heard's team itself. Excuse me. It's the morning. <clears throat> Got to cough that out, folks. Got to get ready. We're also going to have some guests on, one who just joined me in the backstage area. So we're going to have fun today because that's what Casual Friday is all about. So without further ado, let me introduce one of my favorite people on YouTube. It's Legal Bites. Alita, how are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? I, I am good, but I, I, I apologize. I had not seen one of your most recent videos. There seems to be something going on in the background here. Have you made some changes to the decor? Uh, a, a few. <laughs> yeah. Are you a big fan a of few. Christmas, Alita? Uh, a little bit. A little okay. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I just, I needed to spice things up a little bit. <laughs> well, you can see and, my background uh, is, is very Christmas oriented right now. It's red. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm also, I'm also looking ahead to, to, uh, we're, we're, we're going to be moving in the next like couple months. So I'm looking ahead to like all of the plans that I have for the next studio and like how I can make things look great and how I can have everything be super cat friendly so that I, like, we can have more homes in the background, more ninja cat action and uh, <laughs> I jumping all platforms. kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I, that's that, It looks great. I'm envious Thank of basically you. everybody's background at this point. So... <laughs> Well, we could, we, I mean, we could, we could spruce things up for you as well. I mean, there's not much space behind you, but we could, yeah. you know, we could put some, some framework behind you. Yeah. The wall's right there. Well, we had gaming dino up. People have asked about where gaming dino went. So the story about gaming dino is that I had a professional call uh, that I took gaming dino down for. And then because I'm me uh, in trying to restore gaming dino to his previous position, I cannot get the thing straight. <laughs> Oh, no. So I've, I've asked co-counsel uh, for assistance on this, uh, but that is basically why Gaming Dino is no longer present right now. I also saw people complaining about balance, uh, and so we'll have to figure all those things out. But right now, it's just a wall. It's just a wall behind me. Maybe I could hang some fairy lights or something. I don't know. You can tell I don't really care much about precision behind me. <laughs> I, I think it looks good. You got the lights up and running. No, absolutely. So, Alita, I, it's casual Friday. So generally speaking, in the Hangouts portion here, we talk about whatever in the heck we like, um, whether it's, uh, you know, movies, video games, Christmas, as it turns out, Christmas lighting. Uh, what do you have going on, maybe this weekend, maybe just in general, that you are excited about or that you want to share with the class uh, that uh, you've seen, heard, read, watched, uh, anything at all interesting uh, that, you've, that you've otherwise partaken of? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, in terms of, in terms of home life, Mr. Bites and I are looking forward to watching some Christmas movies and well, I will be baking some cookies. He, okay. he asked me to bake and, and he's not, he's not much of a, of a, of a culinaire, we could say. Somebody's got to um, eat the cookies. It's, it's a 50-50 exactly. kind of job. Exactly. I mean, there are how many test batches that have to be run before you get the right, you know, the right consistency, the right bake time. I mean, there's, there's a lot of. There's a, there's a lot of practice that has to come into it, and somebody's got to eat all those cookies. So in terms of Christmas movies, you watching classics? You watching that kind of Christmas movie? You watching 
whatever Hallmark I mean, or Lifetime has released this year? Pretty much everything. We go, we 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 run the full gamut from from you know Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, like sure. the, the classic, classic version, you know, to like Christmas Story, to all the way to like. Um, and what was the, the, the Lindsay Lohan one that just came out on Netflix? We watched that like a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Um, yeah, I know uh, what you're talking was, about. I can't remember the name. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, it, it was kind of, it was kind of terrible, <laughs> but, but you know, like we, you we watched the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie that went straight to Netflix. I mean, at yeah. some level you got to set your expectations. I mean, we, we, we knew, we knew going into it, yeah. that it was going to be pretty terrible. And you know, we were kind of just looking for that kind of experience. So, you know, but we did watch Die Hard 2 earlier this week. So I was going to ask, I was going to inquire about the Die Hards, right? Because that's, yes. I feel just one of the most important issues of our time. And, mm -hmm. and obviously Die Hard and Die Hard 2 are Christmas movies. There's no question yes. about this. Oh, absolutely. So, and then, and then probably today we'll, we'll, tonight we'll probably be watching, uh, um, Love Actually. Sure. Because, you know, we've, we've got it. We've got to balance the two out. Right. I think I saw that there's a documentary about live actually from like Diane Sawyer or something. Uh, really? I believe I was. Yeah. I think I turned on my Hulu and I think it was trying to advertise to me like Diane Sawyer interviews the 20th anniversary of love actually. And I was like, is it? I mean, I, I did see something about the 20th year anniversary and I just about died. Love actually <laughs> feels like it was yesterday. It's kind of weird. <laughs> So yeah. Yeah. yeah, all those all those signals that you're old are f fantastic. I love it. Uh, but uh, no, but are you watching any of that? See, I always I always get these names wrong because we do watch them here in Hogue House. But it's like I, whatever it is, uh, baking for Christmas, Christmas a la carte, uh, you know, Christmas consigliere, uh, Christmas champagne, whatever it is. Basically, it's usually an independent young woman meeting some kind of rural guy in like northern Alaska. <laughs> Uh, you some, watch those some some woman who decides to like leave her life in the city and like go mm -hmm. start a candle shop and like out in some exactly. rural part candle of the country shop, meets a ghost <laughs> that just really loves Christmas whatever it is um, <laughs> we, we tend to like those they're cheesy and fun do mm -hmm. you watch those mm -hmm. yeah yeah we'll we'll watch those all right I, I I I'll go for any of them honestly because I just I you know even even the bad ones are they're fun to make fun of. <laughs> they are. There's a lot to make fun of in them, uh, but it is nice. That they're, they're relatively earnest, and I do I do challenge irony a lot uh, around here. So, oh wait, we got Mr. Hope Law in the chat. <laughs> Christmas a la mode and Twelve Dates of Christmas are my favorite ridiculous movies. Was it a la mode? Is that is that the uh, I need to save the town with ice cream? Is that that one, Co Council? I think it is. Probably. I, just that, describing that sounds about, is fun. Just based on the. <laughs> Saving the town with Christmas or with uh, with ice cream. That's perfect. It is. It's like they find the perfect Christmas flavor to convince. It's a whole thing. Um, so, yeah. And then 12 Dates at Christmas, I want to say is, which one is that? I think that's the one that's like Groundhog Day, uh, if I recall correctly. It's where you, you go back in time or, or do the dates again. I can't. They all blend together, but they're fun. They, they do. They do uh, blend so, together. Yes. Thank you, honey. I appreciate it. Uh, Britt says we can talk about anything but college football, especially when it comes to a team referred by some as that team up north. I don't know. Uh -oh. See, you, Britt, you know what you're doing here when you say this, right? <laughs> you know that you know that all week I've just been saying, wow, it's it's super weird that 4523 is a thing. It's weird. It's weird. No one on this channel like them, and we all agree they should be disbanded. Honestly, yesterday was a bit of a bummer of a day for the team. Uh, you might have seen some news items on the Michigan Athletics program, but one of them was that Blake Corum, our, our Heisman caliber running back, is out for the season and taking knee surgery. 
which I thank the wonderful Illinois fighting Illini for injuring his knee in the second to last game of the season. So thank you for that. Uh, but uh, it is it is college football championship week. Uh, so Ooh. tonight, as a for instance, I think for people that don't know, we're, we're a split family uh, here at Hogue House. House so I'm, divided. I'm, I'm pretty diehard Michigan. Uh, but my wife is pretty diehard USC, the University of Southern California, or spoiled children, depending on where you're coming from on this. Uh, I, I and, wasn't going to say it, but hey, did, it, did, it did cross over. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Well, you know, if Rob were on here, he'd tell me it's the University of Southern uh, South Carolina, right? So we, we got all sorts of USC uh, out Fair. there. Uh, but they are playing in the Pac-12 championship game tonight against Utah. And if they win, then uh, it is expected that they will be the Pac-12's first entrant into the college football playoff since its inception, which is hard to believe. Uh, but uh, so we will be uh, watching uh, and, and rooting for USC, primarily from my perspective, because if USC wins, it seems enormously unlikely that Ohio State will make the college football playoff. Sorry, Brett. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But then tomorrow, of course, the big show, Michigan playing Purdue. You say Purdue is Purdue ranked. Does Purdue have a football team, Rick? No, they aren't ranked. Yes, they do have a football team. This is the way the Big Ten works: is that the one side of the conference has um, a little bit less luck than the other side. Oh. So it's undefeated oh. Michigan versus eight and four Purdue. <clears throat> we'll see how it goes. Every college football game is 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 random. You can always lose a college football game. So uh, I would love to see my team win. Sue Fair. wants to give her endorsement to the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. She I will totally go for that. I okay. have not seen it, but I will totally go for that. Have you ever, by the way, have you have you ever seen the the Star Wars Christmas special from like 1978 or whatever? Yeah. I have I don't think I've actually seen it, seen it. I've seen clips in like YouTube reviews of it with like B Arthur in the bar and things like that, but I haven't I don't I don't think I've ever watched it completely. No. I don't believe so. My uh my what was it? My senior year I took AP Physics. And the AP physics teacher every year, just like the last day before before Christmas break, would have everyone watch in class um, the the Star Wars Christmas special. So I have seen it from beginning to end, and it's just as terrible as everybody says it is. I hear there's a Boba Fett cartoon that, that I need to check out. That's really all I remember. Uh, oh. So yeah, no, I, I think so. The the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, Disney Plus, who I'm often very harsh about. Uh, we, we just watched Disenchanted. I don't know if you've caught that one. We'll come back to that. Uh, but uh, uh, they've done a couple of cool like holiday things. I actually really like the they did a Lego Star Wars holiday special either last year or the year before, uh, which I thought was really fun. Uh, they kind of okay. make fun of, well, they make fun of the Disney Star Warses, which I always enjoy, uh, and then they make fun of the rest of the Star Warses as well. Uh, so that was enjoyable. Guards of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Haven't checked it out yet. It is on our list. But like I just said, we started with Disenchanted, which Enchanted, if you don't know, is a Hogue House favorite. Uh, it, it's, it's it's a delight. I love that movie. It is a delight. Actually, that's <laughs> I think that might be the word I used for it because I, I couldn't remember all the details. My daughters were like, oh, God, how can you not remember this? And they're like, recite everything. I was like, I think I should watch the first movie before the second movie. Uh, and we watched that. And I, I get to the end. I was like, Wow, that is really good. And again, it might be just be expectations. I, you know, Disney has not put out a lot of stuff that I would think is really good uh, yeah. most recently. And I was like, huh. And then I'm also like, wow, I, I can see why Amy Adams got like 15 years of work because that's she's really, really good in that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Disenchanted. Have you checked this out yet? 
I I saw the trailer for it, and I have to say, I I was not impressed from the trailer. For the trailer? Yeah, <laughs> That's probably the right call. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's it it is fine. You are not going to finish it and say it's a delight. I don't think. Mm. Um, it uh, it feels very much like a Disney Channel movie, um, and so I might have greater experience with that than you. I don't know, uh, but you know something like The Descendants, uh, High School Musical, lower budget. Yeah. Music's yeah. not quite as good. Um, maybe it feels like an episode of Once Upon a Time. I don't know if you watched that back when that was on. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's nice to see Amy Adams, you know, dancing around. And Patrick Dempsey has absolutely nothing to do, which is probably wise. Uh, and <laughs> I, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's just... Ah. You keep saying fine. That's it makes fine. me feel like like you're trying to justify the time spent watching that movie. No, you so so there there are those levels of movie review, right? So we haven't we did not hit I regret my life choices. Like <laughs> I would like those two hours back. It literally is okay. fine. Okay. I wish for it to be more because I, I, I after watching Enchanted again, and my daughters love it, my wife loves it. There's very little in the entirety of the Hogue House universe that we have that kind of universal claim across across the four of us. So it is uh, it is nice to see. And then Disenchanted was okay. Uh, I just I just wish it were better. This is this is I I'm, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Disney Plus. Oh, just disappointed. <laughs> uh, so uh, we watched that. We got the college football coming up. Uh, we're finally going to finish Andor. I think because my parents are back in town. Andor is the best thing Disney Plus has ever done. Uh, really? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We saw the first couple episodes, but then we we had to switch gears because of other Trail stuff off. coming up. <laughs> so I know, but but it was not because of that. Like, that's not a testament to the interest level of the show. No, so. I, I will tell you what I've told other people in this space and around the internet, which is I think you have to watch Andor's basically in three episode chunks. Um, that they're little movies, uh, and so mm. it's a first act episode, a second ap episode, and a third act episode. Okay. Uh, now there's, a, there's an exception there because they have one bridge episode between two of the three episode chunks, but you'll know it when you get there. Uh, but okay. it is um, it is excellent. It is it is the first really, really good bit of Disney Star Wars that they have ever put out. In my opinion, people will come and defend Obi-Wan here. They're wrong, but we respect reasonable minds can differ in this space. And so I'm very happy that they enjoy this. It's not good, though. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, so um, and or highly recommended. Yeah, follow up on that when you got time. Not very Christmassy though. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're, if you're staying yeah. thematic, you can save it yeah. for January. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so I'm going to be finishing up Andor. Going to watch some college football. We got a USA versus the Netherlands game tomorrow, which Ooh. I know we have folks from the Netherlands regularly watching and, and in the chat often. So try to keep it friendly. Um, <laughs> in all honesty, I, I don't. Uh, I think the U.S. The U.S. played well in certain aspects, but my goodness, can they not finish goals for the most part? Uh, so I, I don't love their chances long term. That seems to be kind of a a bad problem to have when it comes to soccer, though, right? I mean, isn't that the ultimate goal? 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 Literally, it is the goal. Goal is the goal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's I I don't think it's ideal. I mean, you you continue to have the problem that striker is a is a very particularly athletic type position, and and you know, the U.S. Um, doesn't necessarily put all of its awesomest athletes in the soccer uh, category. Uh, but I think they're, they're a very good team. I, they're, they're better coached than I can remember. Um, and th they can hold their own for a while, I think, against these teams. 
but it is you, you watch crosses and you watch passes inside the box and thing and you're like whoo even even when they get down there it's like well you see you don't want to slam it directly into the defender but they did get the one goal they needed they advanced on two goals across three games which is really impressive you got to space those goals out just right uh and uh i'm looking forward to watching them tomorrow in front of the michigan game so it's just a fun day of sports and today is actually a really big video game day i don't know if you or uh, uh your your husband mr legal bites uh have uh, have purchased any games today but we've got uh, marvel's midnight suns which is a tactical Ooh. strategy game with marvel heroes uh done by one of my favorite game designers jake solomon who did the XCOM games for any of anybody in the chat that recognizes any of these references at all uh, but he's a really brilliant guy and puts together some really awesome strategic stuff. Um, so that's exciting. And then a long wait for a lot of people ended today from the release of the Callisto Protocol, which is the maker of Dead Space and his spiritual successor outside the confines of Electronic Arts. So those both came out today. I will be playing them today at some point when I'm not nice. streaming or practicing law. Uh, but uh, uh, those Doing are real work. <laughs> yeah, you know, making the money that you need in order to buy the video games uh, and feed the family co-counsel. If you're still on chat, uh, you know, those are, those are important things too. Um, but it's just in general, a fun weekend uh, of lots of cool stuff. We've entered into December. We got the advent calendars out. Um, we're still not as decorated as I would like, but I can't, I cannot forward that complaint because I don't do the decorating. So, mm. so I yeah, can't, that's, that's fair. I, I can't um, that too too strongly. I I mostly do the decorating with an assist by Holmes, who does his own version of decorating. It involves climbing our tree and taking decorations off. I was going to say, have you ever had a top? <laughs> have you ever had a topple? That's what I worry about with the jumping cats. No, no. Thankfully, so far, no. But also, I mean, I also made it a point not to have any breakable ornaments. So they're all either either like stuffed animal type of ornaments or they're wooden or they're metal or some kind of plastic. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, it's been, it's been an interesting experience. Astra doesn't like to do it as much. Apparently, you know, when we were, when we were gone, we had someone watching, watching the cats. Um, and apparently she, she caught both of the cats in the tree at one point. I've only seen Astra under the tree mostly, but, um, yeah, it's it's Holmes is, is the one who's just basically using it as his playground for the most part. And thankfully, Indy has mostly ignored it. That was one thing I was super concerned about was her, that she would like chew on the branches and somehow eat it or something and then have an issue with that. I don't blame the cats for this. If I had that kind of leaping power, I think I would jump into Christmas trees. Um, uh -huh. But um, yeah, no. All right. Well, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad that you're doing war with your Christmas kitties uh, to make sure that the, the, the decorations stay up. Now, I, I got uh, I got a comment from Kelly Clancy. Uh, TBS ruined a Christmas story. What did they do to it? Like just probably the sequel. Or? Oh, they, they, there's a sequel to Christmas Story. There's a sequel. I haven't seen it, but I I feel like I I feel it. Like it's almost like my Christmas duty to watch it. Although I'm not, I'm I'm worried because the Christmas Story is just such a classic that I I any follow up to it is just not going to be good. I feel like. Like we got people talking about college sports here. Go Gamecocks. Go USC. Shireen with spoiled children. I'm going to get in trouble for that, you know, later on today. Uh, <laughs> for, even, for even mentioning that that's one of their one of their nicknames. Nick with a super chat. College hand egg. Hashtag. That's a good hashtag. Yeah. Uh, 
Hello from Europe, where we play football with our feet. Imagine <laughs> that. We occasionally kick things in American football. You know, this is exactly what my daughter raised to me when I was trying to get her invested in the sport. She's like, I don't understand why it is called this. So, you know, you got you got people analyzing these things constantly. Uh, but, you know, it's still, it, it's football. These names don't mean anything, right? What does soccer mean? <laughs> soccer is just a made-up word. So, yeah, I, I don't think I help my case there because you're just going to mock the Americanization of football uh, with soccer. But either way, words words are just words. Football can be football. I College hand egg doesn't work. Prolate spheroid toss and run just isn't great. Uh, so, you know, we like to put ball at the end. We love our balls. Bipedal orb sport, maybe? There you go. <laughs> I don't think that would work. Whatever, no, I, whatever, that, there's whatever no way that would catch on. It, as long as we're referring to my mighty Michigan Wolverines, I'm okay. Britt says, Hogue, I have no team. I just talk crap about all of them. I have the best job in the house. Just sitting above us all, watching, watching them in the mud, fighting for their little yards, trying to advance <laughs> the football. Yeah, no, it's a okay. I Look, I love my Wolverines. This is the first undefeated season in 25 years. So you were always going to get this. It just so happens I have a live show for this season uh, because uh, it's great. And sometimes fate just works out. So we will probably lose at some point, And then I will I will be sad. If that's what you're waiting for, I've promised it all season. I said, look, I don't react well to those losses. I might come in on a Monday Hangouts and Headlines and just be like, let's, let's, let's get this done. Uh, but uh, not yet. Not this season. So the Guardians holiday special is actually based on the Star Wars special. I haven't watched it at all. Do they? Oh, really? Do they have a random cartoon portion? Do they have a golden girl at a bar? I don't think are any of them with us anymore. I don't know that they are. Or is, um, it, is it is it based on like Groot trying to get back to the, the, the other plant Groot like creatures for the special life day feast day? Yeah, life day. That's right. <laughs> You got to get back to the to the Wookie uh, the Wookie house. Yeah. For like uh, I can't even remember some names. Uh, the the Wookie the siblings have such ridiculous names. Uh, oh well. I did, yeah I don't I don't remember the finer details of it either. But I just remember thinking, no script should be heavily reliant on on speaking Wookie. <laughs> Hogue House's thoughts on Princess Bride. Well, Ooh. the adults in Hogue House understand it is a treasure. Uh, to be guarded zealously. <gasps> do, the, uh, do the Hogue children not appreciate it? Like it should be appreciated? I honestly think the last time we watched Princess Bride, I showed it to him too young. So mm. you, you can do this kind of stuff early. Like once you're past the point where it's like, they're not going to be traumatized by rats of unusual size or anything like that. Um, they, I don't think they remember it fully. I don't think they hate it or anything, but it should be on the list of things to uh, re-show the kiddos. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think they'll like it. I don't think they remember the first time I showed it to them. You get this occasionally. You know, I tried to show, I tried to show my oldest Star Wars, all the Star Wars movies before like one of them was released in the theaters in the past few years. And I can go ask her about it now and she'll be like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what happened in that one. I don't know what happened in this. What did Star Wars? Be like, okay, so that was too early. Um but, that reminds me of like when when you when you have, you know, a younger child, introduce them to some family member or some like aunt or uncle or something. And then like five years later, you reintroduce them like you remember so and so you met them 
so many years ago. And the kid just looks up at them very honestly and just goes, nope. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Now I have the same problem when I meet people at mixers or whatever. Uh, and uh, that's, that's not great in professional capacities, but I do think the kids, what we think they know because it's not that long ago in real time is, is maybe not in their heads. And so you have to kind of learn that <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Rick sounds utterly whelmed by disenchanted says Lindsay. I think I am whelmed. I'm precisely whelmed. Uh, and for other rousing endorsements on Disney Plus, I saw the first two episodes of Willow, says Robbie. It was fine. These should be back of the box type things, right? We should get quotes. We should call up Disney. Be like, we can get it was fine. Utterly whelming. Uh, we can we can get all this stuff advertising for for uh, Disney Plus. Tiny Trifle asks Andor. Yeah, Andor is awesome. Uh, the best thing they've ever done in Star Wars. So watch Andor. As you can tell. I'm not prone to rousing endorsements of Disney Plus material, so that should give greater weight uh, to the fact that uh, Andor is fantastic. Shereen says you've all convinced me to try Disenchanted tonight. What part do you? Absolutely. Uh, it, it's got a lot of songs. I wish any were memorable, but it has a lot of songs. Uh, okay. All right. We got to scroll a little bit faster here. I'm about 20 minutes behind as we roll into the headline hour here. Dad Hogue like is in the house. Early morning, Dad. Good morning from down the block. Good morning, Dad. I just want to say, Good morning, Papa Hogue. Yeah. He's, look at that happy photo. <laughs> He's not always looking like that, folks. I just gotta, I just gotta tell you the secret. Uh, I just wanted to say again how great you two are together. Just love watching. Andor Aww. is great. So Aww, thank you. that's endorsements from the Hogues for Alita and Andor, both starting with A. There you go. A yep. plus all around. That's right. <laughs> it is A plus. All right, we got other people just yelling out Kevin Bacon in the chat. Don't know what that's about. Never know when I'm scrolling probably fast. The Guardian, pro probably the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Christmas oh, okay. Does Kevin that's Bacon show guess. up in the Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, that's that's my guess because, you know, he comes up in Guardians of the Galaxy as a, as a, as a meme. He does. He does. Uh -huh. That's true. Um, Brit, Footloose. That's why. <laughs> it is Footloose, isn't it? Uh, R-O-U-S's are not the worst thing in the movie. We all know it was the shrieking eels. It was so scary. Oh. We cut back to the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, those were, those were, those were not fun. We did. But what's more scary than Fred Savage in a bed? I don't know. <laughs> I, I will admit though, that I'm a big fan of Peter Falk. Um, and I've, I've always deeply loved that style of, uh, I don't know, mystery solving, uh, that Columbo trotted out there. And I often joke that my style of negotiating is is very much that kind of, oh, this couldn't, you couldn't have possibly meant this in your provision, could you? I mean, I'm not, I'm just a poor country lawyer here, but that <laughs> seems massively unfair. And I always think I'm, I'm that, that I'm doing Columbo. So good job, Princess Bride. Um, Britt, you're right. The shrieking eels are scarier. Although for some, at some age groups, it's really the kissing, right? Isn't that what's the scariest in the Princess Bride? I don't know. <laughs> Princess Bride is a classic somewhere between Casablanca and Shawshank. Wow. That is a, right. yeah. Princess yeah. Bride is a legitimate classic. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, anytime Princess Bride is on, generally speaking, if I have a, ch a choice to watch something else or Princess Bride, in a lot of cases, I'm going to be choosing Princess Bride because it's just, you know, anytime. anytime it constantly delivers. You can you can you can airdrop into halfway through. You can watch it from the beginning. 
I mean, it's it's yeah. You really can, especially because they're so vignette in, in some of the aspects of that story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We've got uh, people also telling me I need to finish Wednesday. I've watched half I heard, of one episode. I heard that did uh, in its opening as as well as Stranger Things or yeah, better than Stranger Things. I've heard that on the Internet. I don't know. We don't get metrics for real. We get estimated metrics. Um, Fair. And, and if that's true, great. Uh, Stranger Things is always going to be uh, my jam more than Tim Burton presents the Adams family. Uh, so that's just going to be tilt. Uh, but I did not hate the first 25 minutes of Wednesday. Uh, it's just a matter of finding the right time and organizing exactly what you're going to be watching. Uh, so I will be back for that one. But got to finish Andor first. Got to finish Andor first. Uh, Stardust is one of our Christmas films. All right, Aaron. I like Stardust. How is it a Christmas movie? I'm trying to think. Do I know of Stardust? Uh, Stardust is the one where uh, the kid in the fantasy village has to cross the wall and, um, oh God, what? There's there's witches that are after him, and I think I think the like the angel or hmm. the star is Claire Danes. I want to say. <clears throat> huh. I want to say Interesting. that. Interesting. I'm not going to say that, but I want to say that because I'm not going to commit to such. Yeah, Claire Danes, Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro are all in it. Robert De Niro is absolutely ridiculous in Stardust. He's a sky pirate. Um, that makes everything worth watching. Well, he I is think. a sky pirate. He is a ham, and he's chewing scenery. Uh, it's based on a uh, Neil Gaiman uh, story, oh, yeah. I think. Okay. So certainly, if you liked. Um, Dreams guy, Sandman. <laughs> that kind of morning, dreams person. The um, dreams person. Dreams How have person. I not heard of this one? This yeah, Stardust really good. is good. Stardust is good. Rob, you're a big fan of Stardust, aren't you, buddy? Hey, Rob. I know that reference. Hey, that movie. Now help me out here. I'm 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 trying to wait for the chat to explain this to me. But how is Stardust a Christmas movie? Is it just because it's fantasy? I love Stardust. Claire Danes is a star. I, 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 you know, I don't know if we're, it, it's too early in the morning for this, but I will tell you in terms of kind of celebrity crushes, uh, Claire Danes, my so-called life was very informative to me as a young man. I don't understand the Christmas movie reference. Like that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> well, they just say they watch it at Christmas. It doesn't mean that it's Christmas. I see. Well, that's Kelly fair. Stardust is you're, magical you're... just like Christmas. It does have mm-hmm. that vibe. You go back through all the old movies you haven't seen in a long time. You have the long break. Go ahead and pull that out. Okay, it is magical. It does have. I will also twinkle lights as an atmosphere. I will also say that I do remember from growing up. It's always around this time of year too that there's that there's some sort of a James Bond movie marathon going on. So I also associate James Bond movies with Christmas. You know what I associate with Christmas that maybe is a little bit Harry Potter. Based on the release, you think Harry Potter? Harry Potter, for I was sure. Say Harry, Harry Potter, 100, 1,000%. Because it goes, because it, there's the the whole Christmas scene in the first one, and and like they, they're like singing Christmas carols. And it's like, it's like literally like an hour and 40 minutes. I know. It's, it's, it's literally like I five minutes. I don't, it's a Christmas I, It's a Christmas movie. I don't care. I will fight someone over that. I'll watch it. I'll watch it for Halloween. <laughs> I'll watch it for Christmas. I'll watch it pretty much any other time of year. But, but I will, I will, de- like, if, if, if we're if we're picking like a weekend long movie marathon where it's just start to finish the entire thing, I'm going to choose Harry Potter in there at some point. 
I like uh, uh, my best friend can recite the Princess Bride from the beginning with the baseball video game sound effects. That is RBI baseball, mm-hmm. a Commodore 64 Atari <laughs> ST classic. <laughs> uh, and yes, I did. You, did you see, Rob, the, the incredulous comment that you'd actually seen something that we referenced on one of these videos? I know. I was shocked. <laughs> uh, Sue says the star was the Christmas gift for his love. Was it? All right. You know what? I think you've made the case then. I think you have made the case. Aaron says, thank you, chat, for agreeing with me. I think chat does agree with you. So I will put it on my Christmas list. <laughs> whatever, whatever, the, whatever the expression was, chat agreed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Brett, so Wolverine, a Longhorn, and a member of the Wolfpack walk into a bar. You would think one of them would have stopped before hitting it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Brett's having a day wow. this morning. Wow. Brett's on fire. <laughs> uh Hey, Rob, when I say USC, what school do you think of? Southern California. Okay. Had a, I had a feeling it might be South Carolina based on, uh, based on Being your, East Coast. Uh, conference proclivities. No, I, I still can't view that South Carolina team as being USC. I mean, okay. they haven't been good enough to be to warrant. They took out everybody this year, man. I get it. I get it. It's <laughs> When was the last time? Uh, several years ago, they – I forget who was at the helm, but um, – when they won a couple of those games and actually became ranked for the first time in a long time. Hmm. No, they're still just the Gamecocks. There you go. Dumpster chickens. MZ's, yep, Gaiman's Stardust has Claire Danes as a living, breathing star. Reminds one of Peter Pan's Tinkerbell, or Tinkerbell, hmm. as put forth in the chat, but I'm pretty sure it's Tinkerbell. <laughs> Magical Star Force <laughs> as a Christmas gift. <laughs> That's awesome. I just it's, I did it's not Tinkerbell even read when she's had a little too much water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, my goodness! All right, folks, I love hangouts. Sorry you didn't get to hang out with us more a little bit, Rob. I know you're deeply invested in the video game scene oh, and watching so. Enchanted movies on Disney Plus. I understand all the additions you would have had to that particular portion of our show, but I do know people people seemed eager in the chat, the pregame, the pre-show here to be upset. Right. And so we do try to make that happen. We try to deliver what folks are looking for in this space. And the truth is, folks, I actually don't think this is going to upset you that much. So structurally, we have some comments. That's what we do in headlines. And we are going to talk about the actual brief, which even though he's not here, because apparently he's doing something called sleeping. I was fortunate enough to receive from Ian Runkle uh, when I when I asked the question of where this thing was. Uh, But I believe Alita, you've covered this on your channel already the full mm-hmm. brief is that right yes all right so alita's got a video that'll be much more complete than our little run through here because we're going to be comparing it in headlines so check that out um i think there are as my comments like to mention uh, in chat uh, there's a lot of people uh doing law on youtube that have commented on this brief so there's a lot of places to check it out we'll be talking about it briefly casual friday folks just walked in <laughs> Uh, but we're also going to be looking at what the New York Times elects to cover. A lot of mm-hmm. neutrality here. So we're not going to see the kind of editorializing we saw from like, I don't know, the Taylor Lorenz article we looked at earlier this week. Um, some of the stuff with respect to Fiji. New York Times, very present to this week in heading outs and headlines. Uh, but we are going to be able to make the same kind of discussion points that we usually do about what you decide to cover. What aspects you highlight here, because the New York Times is not going to walk you through a 66, 68 page brief 
like Alita or some of my YouTube colleagues. Uh, and I will it. say, yeah. I do skip the first third of it because I, I, yeah. I basically went into it assuming everyone here knows the statement of the case, the basic <laughs> underlying facts. <laughs> Wait, no, I don't understand. There was some point. kind of defamation case in Virginia? I don't. Uh, yes, I believe that there was some okay. kind of trial. Like maybe some people know. And about Aquaman's it. girlfriend know. was involved. I uh, yeah, something okay. something along those lines. All right, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna be walking through this. Um, I do. I did scan most of these things as I do when I read these documents. I, I will tell you this. I, you're, you guys might be upset at me for this. Uh, that's not an awful brief. <laughs> No, it's I, I. The thing is, if the amicus briefs were supposed to give you a preview of the quality of writing, this was a this is a well written brief. This uh, is yeah. a well written, well drafted brief. It it did a good job of arguing to the extent they can away from Pendleton, away from different cases that were just that were harmful to them. I thought the jurisdictional argument, while I don't think it's going to be successful, was about as well as you could have made it. I think there's a couple of places there where I thought they did really well. Well, I, I and we'll get there, uh, but I quite liked their their state of mind argument for the inclusion of some of the evidence, especially in the context of a defamation case. Uh, and I uh, I thought the jurisdictional stuff was okay. They press a little. There's there's one area in the brief, Rob, where they say something along the lines of, "And Johnny Depp's witnesses were all able to appear live or by uh -huh. Webex." And I was like, "Pause. Wait. Hang. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, by Webex, you say." <laughs> with gotta, all of his crazy resources right you got a, <laughs> you got was, a forum non-convenience argument and you're like well these people showed up by zoom call yeah uh, why, might, might as well for the very first time give the court of appeals oh by the way here's another reason why forum non-convenience can be overcome because we've invented a new way to appear live so the law doesn't oh. like tech <laughs> you gotta really you gotta really talk to those judges and be like well no this we can now talk to each other via video yeah yeah, okay. and I, I would say that that argument would have had more sway in say 2019 than it would today because courts yeah. have had have had to to modify the way that they do things along with everyone else, you know, because as you say, like the 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 courts are notoriously slow to pick up on on tech advancements. Um, I mean, ridiculously slow. And I mean, I think I think like early COVID was when there were still some courthouses that were like, we don't do electronic filing. You've got to bring someone physically into the courthouse you with a copy early, of it. Early COVID? Like we still I mean, do that in half the jurisdictions in Virginia. Like <sighs> I still have runners go to court to drop stuff off. Really? I yes. I had I had thought that I had been I was I was reading that there were that there were courthouses that were still doing it but that were changing it. So that's Fair even facts. that is disappointing. Fairfax, one of the largest jurisdictions in Northern Virginia, has electronic filing, but for a very limited purpose. And it just came, it just started this past year. It's it was too big of it's honestly, it's too big of a system to shift in that direction after that period. Sorry. No, no, you completely don't completely hijack. That's why, why I love people. having litigator friends because I'm like, I I don't know. I get upset when there are still jurisdictions that require you for licenses and things to fax in information. Facts, facts and information. Yeah. You say, well, gee whiz, Mr. Agency Man, uh, I could send you this by an email. No, no, it has to be the fax number. So the whole law firm actually has, has pays for a service that effectively allows you to email something to this company that will then fax it 
to yeah. to where you need it fax because I don't maintain a fax machine or a fax number. We have a fax number because we <clears throat> we have to. I mean, yeah, but it's like it's e-fax. Right. Same thing. Email system. Yep. It's all it is, is you just pretend it's a fax for the for the government. There you go. Leanne has a question for me. I need to know if you've read Off to be the Wizard by Scott Meyer. Only reason I know what a Commodore 64 mm. is. Laughing emoji. I have not read that. No, I know what a Commodore 64 is because I literally had a Commodore 64. We also had Atari ST, uh, 7200. We had all sorts of stuff. If you haven't heard this story, and I think I answered this or, or I said it in an interview with Ains at, uh, over at Season Gaming or something along those lines. I go through my history, especially with my dad, who's apparently watching, of buying electronics because that was one of the things he was really interested in. And that's what got me interested in it. Uh, and so we had basically everything that uh, my, my dad wanted to have in the house for, for playing games, Macintoshes, PCs, Commodores, everything in between. Uh, and so... Yeah, I know it because I know it. Also, Giggle in South Carolina, I'm going to assume that's what the SC stands for, wants you, Rob, to know that they are ranked right now. Congratulations. That's amazing for your team. Very, very proud of your team. <laughs> I don't – I'm not sure I sense the sincerity there, Giggle. I, I was I was just going to say, <laughs> Rob, maybe one more time, this time with feeling. <laughs> <laughs> College football this season broke my heart. Like, it did. It did. It killed me because when you, when you have that – high of a prospect going in and your your all-american quarterback literally goes down in the first like of four games it can really just crush your soul like, well my, team my, of, team my of 18, 19, and 20 year old down. kids yeah but i did get my 12 and 0 season first you did uh, nick's talking about the brief good lawyering cooking soup from a nail i think you will see that i think that we're going to talk about a few aspects of it, but they have some strong arguments. And I think the jurisdictional one eh, is, is okay. I think the stuff about implication and, and famous people is interesting. I think the state of mind stuff is interesting. I will say this. I don't think they rise to the level of overturning a jury verdict on this stuff. No. Right. Uh, right. But I think that they're well presented. Uh, I yeah. think... Um, I think Can I you, ask, what yeah. does cooking soup from a nail mean? I've never heard that phrase before. Like having zero to go with and then you create something out of it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that, that's how that's how I understood it. It's it's lemons. Uh, it's lemonade out of lemons. It's just more. <laughs> it's 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 even worse. <laughs> Except you're not operating. Because <laughs> it's lemons. not food items. <laughs> right. As, as Ian might say, I ordered food and I got brick. I mean, <laughs> one of my. One of my favorite Ianisms. Oh, yeah. God. I, okay. I need a book. Someone, someone in the chat has to have a book of all these runkleisms. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's 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 just it's the lack of the word the before brick or uh. uh it's just I got brick as a classification of things that I just that's it's what makes it. I I love that guy's humor. Ian, if you're sleeping, we love you, man. All right, let's read with the but New York. Not friend. if you're awake. No, no, no. He, well, then, it's then very we important that, that you not know that we love him, right? You got to keep the ego down. He's he massively known for his uh, his ego. Um, Amber Heard seeks new defamation trial after losing to Johnny Depp. So the very first thing we do in headlines is we look at headlines. This is the most neutral headline that I might have seen in the Johnny Depp case uh, so far. First of all, also not accurate. It's also not losing. Well, it is. So it isn't fully accurate, Rob. You're absolutely right. So, <laughs> so it's it's the alternative. It's it, it's very funny, right? Because the actual, we, if you go to the end of this brief, it asks what you would want, overturn or give me a new trial. And it's like, well, so 
what is she really seeking? She'd really like it to all go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, so, she's, she's, I mean, she's also, let's not forget. She's also in that other litigation over her attorney's fees. So I just, I mean, it, it, all of this really makes me wonder, like if, if, if she were actually granted the ability to have a new trial and Johnny Depp decided, yep, I'm not playing chicken. We're, let's do this again. Let's go for it. Um, what would she actually do? Like, what could she do? Because I don't, I mean, could she actually pay for, for more attorney's fees twice, twice over? Well, her insurance companies might have a little bit more to say on that, I would gather. Um, you know, it's interesting. If, if It depends on how she got it kicked out, right? If, if they give her forum, you know, maybe she's more inclined to do it in California. If they give um, her forum, she's relitigating it. Yeah. Slap. I mean, she'll, yeah. it won't get past slap stage in California. You don't think? I, I mean... Emily has Probably. been. I, I I have deferred to Emily on this one because she's in California, California law. Yeah, yeah, and she's she has been pretty adamant that she doesn't think this would have made it out of slap. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're probably right about that because mm -hmm. California's anti-slap laws are are incredibly strong. They're, they they have mechanisms that have very strong teeth. I mean, we we've been talking about it a lot in the Manson case, and there's a good chance. I mean, that that the the heart of that case could get dismissed because of the anti-slap. We don't really know because there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't be available via anti-slap, uh, the discovery stuff, right? But you have that now because of this litigation. So you might overcome it. I, That's I don't true. Know. That's true. The evidence will be out there, but we'll see. We'll see. Outside of characterizing Amber Heard's deepest, most important request as relitigating this, it is a fairly neutral headline. Uh, and it does use the word losing, which wasn't appearing in a lot of headlines or articles back in June, July. Um, so the, the the actual journalists, I think, caught up to, no, no, she lost this. <laughs> she lost this. She's appealing. And so what do they focus on? This is an interesting subheadline because there's a lot of stuff in the brief. I think it's 16 or 17 points uh, that they that they try to raise. So the New York Times is already making some choices just in the subheadline here by what they focus on. Ms. Heard's lawyers argue in their appeal that the trial was held in the wrong state. So that's your forum argument. And that the judge erred in prohibiting evidence they say supports her claims of domestic abuse. That's what they want to highlight in this article. Which and on this so second funny. point, this is the stuff that is a little bit more salacious. It's a little bit more, you put it in, a, in an article like the New York Times, it's going to look one way uh, in favor of Amber Heard. And, and you have to kind of get deep into the weeds as to why you wouldn't allow it, why Amber Heard was allowed to testify. So anything would related to her contemporaneous statements to a medical professional is probably cleansed by the fact that she told the jury her story. Uh, but um, maybe not entirely. As I said, it's, it's well lawyered in the brief. <clears throat> this is how this is how, you know, lawyers didn't have anything to do with the headline because oh, yeah? you would not have chosen. You would not have chosen the two issues that have the highest legal burden to overcome on appeal i mean yep. clear error and they chose those too yeah they were curious like those are interesting issues but i'm not leading with those well and as a spoiler alert the one thing the new york times doesn't adopt at all and i think this is probably right is the damages claim right so there's a section of this brief that we're probably not going to go into very uh, depthfully i'm not saying fulsomely because i'm not giving you your bingo card chat Except I just did. So does that count? Just, I don't know. Yeah, I think it counts. When it counts, it, it counts. You think that counts for the bingo card? 
All yes, right. you can't uh, intentionally say a word for the purpose of not saying that very word. You can't. This is what happens when you invite lawyers onto your show, folks. Right? We this ruin is, is everything. <laughs> <laughs> Months after Johnny Depp prevailed in a defamation case. So she lost and he prevailed. Like, just go back to the hangouts and headlines from like June and July and take a look at the difference in language and approach to this months after the fact. Who accused him of physical and sexual abuse, he has begun testing the status of his public image, appearing in a fashion show backed by Rihanna and an award show in which he delivered tongue-in-cheek laugh lines about his derailed career. Now, one of the things we really focus on here is the early paragraphs of a story. This is ostensibly a story about Amber Heard's appeal and we start out with something along the lines of Johnny Depp is a jackass, <laughs> right? Amber Heard accused him of these nefarious activities. He was out there with Rihanna and delivering jokes on MTV. All right, we're I trying just, to get you into the right headspace. The phraseology of he be, he has begun testing the status of his public image. Like, like wow, throw shade a little more right? subtly. Right? Yeah, yeah. But he's he's acting too soon. In a Virginia appeals court, the legal battle continues. Now, first of all, I like this kind of framework, <laughs> sounding like it's from the scroll of a Star Wars. So I do enjoy that nice. that locution. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can see. So the setup here, as I said, neutral headline. It's actually relatively neutrally reported. But there are aspects of how this is organized that are like, okay, so Johnny Depp's doing this stuff. You don't, have, you don't have to like Johnny Depp. We're going to tell you why Amber Heard says you don't have to like Johnny Depp. Because even though you might have seen him on MTV, if you didn't know, guys, this is still a legal battle. And, you know, everybody gets an appeal by right. Uh, so this was going there's, to happen. There's still a disturbance in the force. There is. There is. Last week, Ms. Heard's lawyers filed an appeal <laughs> in hopes of overturning a jury's verdict. And like Alita and her reading of the brief, as she just said, we're going to be skipping this stuff. Uh, regarding what actually happened here. But suffice to say, Amber Heard writes an op-ed with the help of the ACLU in 2018. The lines that are pulled out of that op-ed are used to imply that she is saying that Johnny Depp abused her and the court and the jury allow that implication, which is one of the fights that they will have in the brief. And the jury awards Johnny Depp the win because effectively they found from anybody looking at this thing, as best I can tell, that she was lying about what happened to her. Can we can we not get lawyers to actually like review any of these for actual procedural accuracy at all? Because I'm sick and tired of reading these articles where it says last week she filed an appeal. No, you idiots. She filed the appeal 30 days after the, the verdict was entered. Like that was when she noted the appeal. Stop. Just get it right. It's really not hard. It's really not hard. I, you I don't know, Rob. So she faith. filed a notice of appeal. When when do you think the appeal actually starts? Is it the oh, notice? It's the notice. Please okay. note that I am taking an appeal because you filed simultaneously with the circuit court and the court of appeals. You're basically saying, here, appeal taken. Take but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I'm taking an appeal. Have I taken it yet? Yes, you have. When you file it with a clerk, you're notifying the clerk in the circuit court that you're taking the appeal. And then you notice it in the court of appeals, which is automatically saying in that moment, here is my appeal. I will let you know the grounds for that appeal in short order. Right. Grounds. Oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> Just your collective reactions at the same time. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, man. That was what I was contributing to this last bit. <laughs> that, was, that was a couple of weeks of wow. Uh, yeah, that. Um, no, I, I, I appreciate your uh, your passion about this, Rob. We've got you in the FTX zone here on mm -hmm. this episode regarding legal procedures. So I think that's good. 
Um, I, I'm a little bit more sympathetic. I, I, I would say filed an appeals brief um, here, but I'm a little bit more sympathetic to the to the poor journalists here because it's it's so arcane to say, all right, I'm filing a notice. I'm not telling you why, and I'm going to tell you why later. <laughs> um, but in any event, Rob is available in New York Times for consultancies uh, if you want. I don't know his rates. They're very, very high, I would suspect, uh, but, but he can help out on these things. Uh, claims that are factually accurate cannot be ruled defamatory. It's interesting. Uh, claims that are factually accurate can certainly defame, but not mm. legally. And it also it turns on that, <laughs> that phrase claims, because if there's a factual basis for the claim, but the claim itself exceeds the factual scope of the accurate. I mean, <laughs> I don't hate it, but there's a lot of wiggle room in there. You'd prefer it's that like to say one of those statement? puzzle pieces that doesn't quite fit in that space, but you kind of want to jam close. it in there anyway. Like, but it's really <laughs> close. Yeah. Okay. Rob's close reading of the, the legalese here on the procedure of litigation is currently my favorite thing, folks. Uh, so <laughs> this, is, this is the best. Uh, so although the case technically hinged on statements from Mrs. Hurd's essay or Ms. Hurd's essay, I don't know that technically is necessary there. Uh, much of the trial focused on whether her accusations that Mr. Depp had subjected her to repeated physical abuse, including punching, headbutting, and sexual assault, were true. <laughs> so the sentence structure here is amazing. So again, you know, the actual nature of this thing is that the jury found that they were not. Uh, but you've got references to uh, the legal battle continuing, a reference to physical and sexual abuse up here. The, 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 the trial hinged on Let's repeat it again. It, it is very interesting to see exactly how they are framing this particular issue. Now, they do know Mr. Depp vehemently denied Ms. Hurd's accusations. And during the trial, he argued that she was the aggressor in the relationship. Also, probably worth mentioning the jury agreed with him, but that's fine. In their 68-page appeal, and it isn't really 68 pages. There's a lot of table of authority. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that isn't 68 pages. Ms. Hurd's lawyers lodged an array of legal objections, argued that the trial was held in the wrong state, and take issue, taking issue? That doesn't strike me as the right verb. Uh, uh, taking issue with the judge's decision to exclude certain pieces of evidence, including contemporaneous notes from the therapists that they say document allegations of abuse. They asked for the jury's verdict to be reversed, either with a dismissal of Mr. Depp's claims or a new trial entirely, right? This is actually what she wants. Just yeah. go away with prejudice. Yeah. Go away. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the, this yeah. that I take issue with the the phrase array because array suggests that there's an organized smattering of linear arguments that doesn't really make sense. You don't here. like lodged an array? I thought that was a nice bit of language. I do like it. It just doesn't accurately portray. I mean, this was a shotgun approach. I mean, they mm -hmm. went after everything. I wouldn't call that an array. I think array is more organized than that. That's interesting. You're bringing organization into that connotation. I would argue that in articles like this one, it is actually saying or suggesting what you want it to say. Interesting. Uh, which is that it is a shotgun. Um, I, I don't think you'd ever be able to say it's a shotgun of, of arguments from them. So it's lodged an array. The, only, the, mean, only, the only issue I would kind of agree with you on is it could sound more um, legitimate. It's kind of a legitimizing word, perhaps. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't know how else you would say it unless you're going to go the other direction, right? The, 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 Ms. The Hurd's lawyers sprayed and prayed. 
<laughs> See, right? So that's that's editorializing on its own. So I mean, the one thing we do have to think about from a headline perspective is like, well, okay, so you so you think that is a little bit more legitimizing. Is there a better way to say that that's more neutral? I'm not positive there is on that. I think maybe I would go with a charcuterie board of legal objections, <laughs> personally. <laughs> That's yeah, I like that. That's, that's, that's kind of the blog approach. I think the New York Times editor, if they still have them, I don't know, uh, would say, "Well, all right." Uh, but charcuterie board of legal objections, I think, is is pretty good. We should see if we can introduce that into the practice overall. Um, but you see also that this is the subheadline, right? Focusing mm -hmm. on the forum, focusing on especially the the therapist notes, uh, which, as I said, I we talked about it when we were covering this. Judge A took a very kind of very harsh approach to hearsay. Um, but I have to believe that the things were related to uh, notes that were contemporaneously filed about what Amber Heard said to me are believed to be cured by Amber Heard being there and testifying for the most part, if there's any issue there. If I'm looking at it from a court of appeals, even if I side with you, did this change anything? Because if the jury came to the determination they came to, and Rob, you can disagree with me on this as much as you want, you're the litigator. Uh, if the jury came to the determination that they came to, they basically have to say that woman that sat in front of me lied. And I'm just not sure how that changes uh, in therapist notes related to these events either. No, I can tell you 10 times out of 10, I'm not getting those notes in. <clears throat> I don't care what judge I'm in front of. I am not getting those notes in because the judge is going to look at me right in the face and say, Mr. Morton, you're trying to get these notes introduced to basically say that your client is more is more credible now based on statements she made back then. I'm like, no judge, yeah. that's not the point. Well, then why are you trying to get them in? Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, trying to trying to get them in as repeated by medical professional, just to make them look even more legitimate. It, yeah. it, that also has, has that problem with that as well. So you heard it from the litigators folks. I, I, I tend to agree, obviously. Uh, now, they write, the trial court improperly prevented the jury from considering several separate instances in which Heard reported Depp's abuse to a medical professional. Uh, Mr. Depp's legal team has also appealed part of the verdict. So you see this is kind of a 30,000-foot summary view. This is why I didn't think the New York Times article was necessarily going to get you too mad until we get to the end. Spoiler alert. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they, they switch back over to talking about Mr. Depp. Uh, the jury's emphatic favorable verdict on all three defamatory statements alleged in his complaint fully vindicated Mr. Depp and restored his reputation. Uh, which is why uh, it shouldn't be an issue for the Waldman statements. Manager for Mr. Depp also testified that it became impossible to get his client cast in a studio film after Ms. Heard's essay was published, which goes to the damages aspect, but the New York Times isn't tying up this knot terribly well. Ms. Heard's lawyers argued that there were other reasons for his career troubles, including unprofessional behavior described by his former agent, such as showing up late to sets and having trouble with lines. Now, what's interestingly enough about this, right, is that the introduction to the New York Times article itself kind of eviscerates or at least harms that the herd team's argument that you really can't prove he was that damaged in his career because of course they start out with this notion that he's trying to test the waters to come back mm -hmm. right like they they've already set the stage for nobody reasonable thinks that johnny depp wasn't harmed at a significant level for what this what, what went down here uh, however you might feel about what went down now they talk about mr depp again fans flooded the courthouse to support him now, six months later, there are signals that he is again being embraced by some in the entertainment world. Again, must have been again, on the outs. There goes your damages argument. Right? <clears throat> must have been in the wilderness. Last month, he had a cameo in a streamed fashion show for Rihanna's lingerie line. I don't think I knew this one. Fair enough. 
And during MTV's Video Music Awards, his face was digitally superimposed onto the body of the network's Moonman mascot, and he jokingly offered his services for weddings and bar, mitzvah, bar mitzvahs, quipping, I needed the work. It's yeah. actually pretty funny. It was pretty funny. It's pretty clear that Johnny Depp is back, said Evan Neerman, a public relations executive. You got to read it like a PR executive, by the way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Even if Ms. Hurd's prevails on appeals, he said, the public has already moved on. All right, Evan. I'm not positive about that. If, if Heard where to win, uh, but there you go. Still, it is unclear whether major Hollywood studios will be willing to back Depp. Seriously, this is why they're not covering damages in this. Uh, who for decades was a coveted leading man. In addition to his starring role as Jack Sparrow in five Pirates of the Caribbean movies, he received Oscar nominations for Sweeney Todd and Finding Neverland. Uh, he's now involved in some movies that don't have any major studio backing, and Ms. Heard is largely known for her work in Aquaman and Pineapple Express, who at least Wasn't during our coverage of the case, I don't know that anybody knew she was in. No, wasn't there just an announcement this week that maybe Johnny Depp is going to be cast or has been cast or is going to appear in Pirates again? Wasn't uh, there an announcement this week? Or was no. that kind of premature? Am I misreading speculation. That? Yeah, they're not announcements on that kind of stuff. There, there's there, the, It's one of the big rumors, especially after mm. they canceled the Margot Robbie Pirates. Um, so uh, I don't, who knows, right? Uh, you know, Disney is going through its own stuff right now uh, with their new CEO. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how Margot Robbie. Uh, oh. it was, there was going to be a Margot Robbie Pirates and all. Yeah. Um, and they uh, decided and all not to pirates. forward with it. Then they looked at the history of female pirate movies and said, oh, no, don't do that. Now, in fairness, uh, the history of male pirate movies isn't any better uh, before Pirates of the Caribbean. So they're deciding to go a different direction. <clears throat> now. Here's where people will get mad. So you've heard relatively neutral things, right? You've got the Amber Heard stuff. You got, okay, Johnny Depp's trying to make his career back. But a week before Ms. Heard, 36, never doesn't appear in these articles, filed her appeal, a group of women's and domestic violence organizations, as well as professors, activists, and lawyers, signed an open letter condemning a monetized social media environment where a woman's allegations of domestic violence and sexual assault were mocked for entertainment. Now, we've talked about this open letter here on my channel. I'm mm -hmm. betting that you, Alita, and you, Rob, have talked about this letter on your channels, would be my guess. I actually uh, haven't. Oh, okay. Well, suffice it to say, it's a very short letter. Um, and the overall dint of the thing uh, is basically this. And it, it, it's, it requires you to believe Amber Heard first and foremost, and it kind of skips if you don't. It blames all of these things on misogyny and deception and, and what have you. I have a headline if you're interested in mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's it, it does what it does what these kinds of things do, and that we've seen since this summer. Um, interestingly enough, it being used in this context related to the brief, to me, to my mind, and, and you know, reason minds can differ. You can disagree on this. Is designed to give weight to the Amber Heard appeal by by rhetoric. Uh, it's it doesn't actually relate to any of the things in the brief. Uh, this is a kind of generalized um, she was wronged type letter. Uh, Nicole Badera, a sociologist who studies sexual violence and signed the open letter, called Mr. Depp's re-entrance into the mainstream entertainment world hugely disappointing, but ultimately unsurprising. And, and this kind of stuff raises the question, uh, as it did with the open letter, which is, okay, so you're coming at this from jury got it wrong, Amber Heard's right, all this stuff. And I can get that. We can, we can allow you your proclivities on this. But I do think, and I expect this from experts, imagine that you aren't all-knowing. Imagine that you don't have perfect knowledge on this. What you do have in front of you is a set of evidence and the court system and a jury verdict 
that says that Johnny Depp was right and Amber Heard was wrong. Is it possible that that's in fact the truth? And if it is, shouldn't he be allowed back into the entertainment business? We're talking about somebody that would have been pilloried for more than a few years on this uh, and is trying to get his career back. I would feel, I mean this sincerely, if this were exactly the opposite and Johnny Depp and Amber Heard swapped places, I would feel the same about Amber Heard getting her career back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it's the real problem here because you see it in the next quote. In our society, when we think a man has been wrong and has not gotten the opportunities we believe he was entitled to, then we're very quick to correct it by offering more opportunities. I would hope so. But I would also hope that you could replace man with woman there. And maybe that's naive. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's the way society has always operated. But I don't think you can make society better by saying this man, even if he was wrong, should not get those opportunities back. And I think that's what really drives people nuts uh, when they look at this kind of stuff. Um, I, do you have any when thoughts on this quote or the or the invocation of the open letter here? On the on the prospect of like, you know, hypothetically, if this were a woman kind of situation, if if you are to believe that no society would not give the same benefit to a woman in this kind of situation, the answer to that is not to make things terrible for everyone yeah. by bringing the man into that situation. That's, the the that's, answer to that is to bring the, the woman side up when we are encountered with that problem. Yeah. When I can get the kind of knee jerk, that's not the way society has been. I, I understand that there's a lot of things society doesn't do right, but I think you're exactly right. Alita, which is like, you don't, you don't make things better by dragging everybody down to suck. No. That doesn't help. Exactly. Um, so again, I think what you've got in this open letter and from the signatories to this open letter is that Amber Heard is right. And it's a weird place to kind of plant your flag um, because I do think the people that watched, certainly myself, I can't speak for everybody, I suppose. Um, a lot of them came away with the notion that she's lying and that's a really, really bad act um, in, in terms of what the lies are about. And so I think that's where you get this really big friction between people that are observing the case or otherwise talking on it. Um, so Ms. Hurd's appeal criticizes the lower court's decision that the case could be heard in Virginia. Uh, based on an argument by Mr. Depp's lawyers at the Washington Post, computer servers are there. Ms. Hurd's lawyers wanted the case moved to California where both actors lived, arguing that it was otherwise difficult for Ms. Hurd to call live witnesses. Now, this is skewing some of the stuff in there, like you could have Zoom calls um, and things, but it is a complaint that they make. Ms. Hurd's appeal also challenged Judge Penny Azcarate's decision to allow the defamation case to proceed at all. After a judge in a separate case in Britain had ruled there was evidence that Mr. Depp had repeatedly assaulted Ms. Hurd, this is one of their worst arguments. Uh, that second. wasn't Judge Azcarate's. Well, that's true, too. They had just assumed it's her decision because of her her ruling. That was Judge White. Yep. You're right. Initially. It was. And that's available in public documentation, Rob. Like, you could have. Now, Judge Ascarati, they renewed renewed that motion after the judgment was final. And Ascarati weighed in then, after the fact. But the original ruling was Judge White. Same with the forum issue. Yeah. Well, they don't they don't invoke Judge A up up at the uh, uh, anywhere else. I don't think. Well, I'll just scroll um, down. Looks like they just were there. All right. Evidence presented in the British case that Ms. Hurd's lawyers argued that was unfairly kept from Virginia jurors included 2015 records kept by a psychologist about a fight in which Ms. Hurd related that Mr. Depp had started the physicality, pushed her down, as well as reports to a nurse of physical violence. This is the British case. Judge as karate excluded the evidence as hearsay, and she made a bunch a bunch of hearsay determinations. I don't. I don't know whether that's fully accurate or not, Rob. 
it's like I don't like the phrasing of this. It's it it's a direct comparison between the British system and the U.S. system. I'm sorry, I, I don't know British rules on hearsay and whether it's allowed to be admitted or not. But I can tell you that in a U.S. court, it was a proper legal objection, and those documents don't come in because they're 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 inherently flawed in what they're trying to prove. And the British system might have allowed them, but that's a one of the reasons why we have different systems for different jurisdictions. Right. Well, the British case is just a it's just a red herring, folks. I mean, I, I, I like to say this is the reason you don't see The Washington Post up in the case against Amber Heard in Virginia is because those folks, the publications are allowed to rely on reasonable things. They have Amber Heard sitting there telling them this is true uh, in both situations. And so it is a distinct, nuanced question that is much easier for the publications to get through because they can rely on another and not face actual malice and things like that. Uh but Amber Heard knows what she knows. And so if you find that she's lying, that's a different kind of case. I, they like this one because I think intuitively um, they think people can kind of grok it and, and understand it and roll with it. Uh, but it is legally speaking, not the same deal at all. If not reverse the trial court's exclusion of contemporaneous reports of domestic abuse to medical professionals will make it more difficult for other abuse uh, victims to prove allegations of abuse. No, 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 no. This is Rob's personal hell on this particular quote. It's also, I, I, Rob, you can speak to me on this. Um, so this is an appeals of a jury verdict on a fact basis. Um, you can argue, you can argue methods of law, but actually just arguing that you'll have a societal effect from this ruling. I, is that legitimate at an mm. appeal level? Mm. I have to be careful because it's 840 in the morning in a church channel. It's a... <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, something defamation case. It is not a domestic violence case. We are not talking about litigating whether someone did or did not commit an act that could be considered under the law domestic violence. We're arguing whether or not someone defamed somebody else, different context, entirely different context, and your relationship is not to be defined by what Johnny Depp and Amber Heard did in theirs. Period. End of story. Thank God. Don't you dare stop doing this, people. Stop saying that's going to make it more difficult to prove allegations. No, it's not. It is not. And stop telling people that it will. Go to the, go to the, the authorities. Go to people. You're not going to be sued. You cannot be sued. You cannot be sued for defamation, for reporting an allegation of domestic violence to authorities, to police, to magistrates, to judges. You cannot be sued for that. You are safe to report that. Go do it if you can if you need to. See, I hate to take Rob off his righteous fury because he's right in the macro. But as we say here in virtual legality, you could be sued for anything. You doesn't mean you'll lose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. Rob. It's no, because here's the thing is it's also hinting. This is also just a big red flag to everybody. It's like, hey, if you're a person that has been alleged or if you're a person um, who maybe committed an act of TV and uh, your victim goes and reports it. By the way, we're suggesting to you openly that this verdict might mean this. So why don't you give it a shot at filing a defamation action? So you're giving the wrong message to both sides of this. Well, I mean, and it obviously skips the biggest issue, which is, hey, uh, yeah, you can get sued if you're lying. Yeah. And they found her to be lying. Um, yeah. I, 
I don't, I, and again, I don't necessarily blame people for staying on the margins. You know, maybe some people are going to get caught up in that, but I don't die on Amber Heard Hill. No, get out of your ivory tower too. get down on the ground and go talk to people about this stuff before you go out with this overarching, massive proclamation to the whole world. <laughs> now they do put in the parentheses. This is a lawyer that worked on her PLJ Ward Brown has also represented the New York times in the past. I believe that is defending the New York Times against a defamation claim by Sarah Palin. I believe it's the Palin case. Um, but it is worth noting that some of the highlights here for the Amber Heard lawyers is that uh, this is the New York Times' lawyer <laughs> on defamation. So they're like, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, and then they do say here, and, and Rob will tell me if they're wrong on any of this, a panel of judges will decide on both appeals after which either side can seek to revive its claims once more in the Virginia Supreme Court. Sound right? That's correct. So it's a three judge panel from the Court of Appeals of Virginia, unless they all unanimously, unless they all vote to hear it um, as a full panel, ain't going to happen. It's going to be a three judge panel. And then they can appeal to the Virginia Supreme Court. But the appeal to the Virginia Supreme Court is not an appeal of right. The Supreme Court has to then say, uh, we want to take this or we don't want to take this. They can decline it. All right. So you heard it here first, folks. Although we didn't get Rob to say on bonk or on bank, depending on how he the on bonk comes after the after the the <laughs> three judge panel. If the three judge panel rules disfavorably to either party, they then file a motion for an on bonk review. Uh, court then elects whether or not to decline. How big is the full court, Rob? Fourteen. It's in the team. We just we just increased the size. Okay. Which is actually pretty awesome because they're flying through cases right now. They Good. have a big backlog and they're doing really well. I'm glad to hear it. One of the real secrets of the litigation process is courts are overwhelmed across the country. <laughs> so um, I, am, I, am I the only one that, that has been listening to the phrase on bonk and been thinking of Ian's uh Ian's stream deck? A, a bonk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, oh. You know, honestly, in Michigan, I tend to hear it as on bank a lot more. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but uh, it is uh, it is funny. We like our Latin. We really do. All right. Before we look at the brief a little bit, we're not going to do an hour and 15 minutes on the brief. We're just going to go and scroll through some of it. He says is almost certainly that's going to be the time now. Uh, Andy, the game maker says, I see you've allowed the poor man's Fred Durst back on. Geez, in all seriousness, got to love the framing of the New York Times groan. Our, our, oh, Andy, Andy, who's the poor it is man? So Frederick? early for you, and you coming in hot. I know. I am. Hey. I am more handsome than Fred Durst. Uh, I do like this commentary on an array. An array is linear. Their argument is not. See, Believe you this, me, Rob and I have a lot of thoughts on linearity of of process. Well, all right? let me let me let me throw a wrinkle in your thing because the chat was very smart. To say something is in disarray means that it is a scatter shot. It is there is no logical grouping mm -hmm. to say something that is in array there is a directionality to that it's not a random well i i guess i just feel the connotation <laughs> for the use of the friend the use of the word array it, it just implies a lot more than an organization you tell me about a satellite array i'll believe you you tell me about an array of legal arguments i really don't drag that with I, but i, I can be unique love there litigating i love We're litigating the language well, I am still a lawyer. And in terms of language, that's where contract law lives, baby. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, since I, I let this kind of just sit here on the scroll while we were talking about the article, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Okay. So let's talk about the brief a little bit. 
uh, because I do think the New York Times skips some of the more interesting stuff uh, that they have here. Uh, the overall summary here, what you might recognize is something like an executive summary. Uh, if you're if you're more uh, looking at non-litigatory documents, they, they kind of summarize their biggest issues. Instead of suing Heard in California, where both parties lived and where Depp claimed to have suffered reputational harm, Depp sued in Virginia, a wholly inconvenient forum with no connection to Depp or any meaningful connection to his claims. Trial court erroneously refused to dismiss the action on the ground of an inconvenient forum based on the mistaken conclusion that Depp's claims arose in Virginia because the Washington Post servers are located here. Now, there's some fun stuff about case law vis-a-vis -vis servers and internet publication. One of the problems they're going to have in this brief is that none of it appears to be Virginia. Um, so, it, 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 Rob, is that your understanding as well? This is somewhat of a novel question for Virginia? Uh, it's kind of novel, but Virginia has taken the approach of where the harm occurs. So you do see them mention it, but they don't really go into it. You're going to see it in, in depth's response to this because the where the harm occurs is rather significant and you see it in judge white's opinion uh his opinion letter that says no virginia is a proper proper location for this and the forum argument i just you don't win on these arguments like i as a general rule you don't win on these arguments fair enough the next paragraph that they have for their summary is that she argues the challenge statements are non-actual expressions of opinion and not reasonably capable of conveying the alleged defamatory implication and here we have the societal stuff that holding, if allowed to stand, undoubtedly will have a chilling effect on other women who wish to speak about abuse involving powerful men. I don't know why you gender this, but okay. This case also should never have gone to trial because another court had already concluded that Depp abused Heard on multiple occasions. Uh, that's not really how even in Britain a defamation case works, but okay. After Depp filed the case, the United Kingdom High Court of Justice ruled in a separate defamation action brought by Depp that Heard's abuse allegations were true. Now, I haven't looked at that document in some time, uh, but my understanding was that the overall ruling was that it, the, the, is it the Sun? Had, Substantially true. Yeah, had enough had enough to go on to say these things in their article. Um, so the trial court should have given preclusive effect to that 129-page decision in another jurisdiction interpreting other laws and other instances, which followed a three-week trial at which Depp heard and 24 other witnesses testified. This is a little sleight of hand. Please give me all of the numbers. <laughs> like 129-page decision, 24 other witnesses. By the way, to the chat, every word in, in these briefs- a partridge in a pear tree. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> every word in these briefs is remarkably expensive. And when I say that, I mean, you only have a certain number of words, which means it's a resource that you have to covet and use very carefully. So when they're choosing to throw in 129 pages, that's there for a reason. Like that's not there, just a magical appearance of a word. They, they're they wanting all the numbers to be out there. 129 pages, 24 other witnesses, three-week trial. Right. This is, those are all intended to rhetorically convey it was a deep and thorough investigation of the matter judged by another court of competent jurisdiction, right? Once this case did go to trial, Depp failed as a matter of law to meet his burden to prove actual malice by clear and convincing evidence in two ways. First, he did not demonstrate that Heard was aware of and intended to communicate the alleged defamatory implication. I think that's a loser. Second, he did not establish that Heard knew the alleged implication was false or subjectively entertained serious doubts about its truth. And this is at least a this is a line of argument that kind of isn't put into one place that they use about the state of mind that I actually think is one of the ones that I like the most, which is that as an element of defamation, you have to have a specific state of mind. And it gets back to what I was saying while we were broadcasting the trial over at Legal Bites, 
which is that um, technically a certain amount of delusion, craziness, or just difference of opinion should get you out of this as a defamation kind of complaint. At trial, they didn't really present my client as crazy uh, as, as an option. Um, mm. And so I don't know whether this works at kind of the appellate level, but they're going to raise it here uh, in the brief that basically um, she believed she was abused and that matters more than whether she was. Uh, it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing. Do you have any thoughts on that, Alita Rob? Um, I mean, you're right. It, it, they, they, they could have taken a very different route, but they, they didn't take that route. Right. They just, they, they took the, no, we, we live in a completely different universe. We they live did. in the, in the, in the Amber Heard part of the multiverse here that is completely different from anything that's over here, which, which is a bold strategy because it's a zero sum conclusion that you reach, right? It's either this or it's that there's no gray area in the middle when realistically it would have been to their advantage to say, you know, this is somewhere in the muddy middle. Mm -hmm. I think so. I, I just appreciate the writing. I thought it was, it was brilliantly written. Like uh, as far as what we've seen writing wise, that was one paragraph. I read it. I was like, oh, that's a good way to write that. I think all of this is well-written. I, I do. I think they they go too far, as lawyers do, uh, advancing bad arguments in a couple of places. We'll see those towards the end of this summary. Uh, but I think there's there are some things that what I like to describe this as when we're talking about Microsoft and Activision or Epic, for example, a motivated judge, a motivated jurist on this stuff uh, could hang their hat on, uh, which is what you're trying to do in this brief. Um, and so I think that that at least presents an opportunity uh, for the herd team. Now they also say kind of the similar concept. They did not get a jury instruction on communicative intent, and they think that that's a, a gross error. Uh, and then they advance the bad arguments, right? In addition, the resulting jury verdict against herd on all of Depp's claims cannot be reconciled with the jury verdict against Depp on herd's counterclaim. It is very reconcilable. Uh, to find in favor of Depp, the jury must have concluded that Depp did not abuse herd. Accurate and that Heard knowingly lied in accusing him of abuse. Accurate. But to find in favor of Heard, the jury must have concluded that Heard told the truth about being a victim of, victim of domestic abuse by Depp. Ooh. Wrong. Ooh. Wrong, wrong, Ooh. wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> look, look at the sentence they went, look at the sentence the jury attached to the judgment. They that gave, one sentence, yeah. They gave Depp the win on It's a Hoax, broad, broadly. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is this is one of those where I think you actually lose a little. You, you take what we might call reputational damage, or, or that David, yep. lawyers and dragons would say. You know, we'd have us roll for damage on this because this is not true. It is straight up not true, and I don't mind zealous advocacy, but it is wrong to suggest that you cannot reconcile the two verdicts. It's a misstatement well, of the law, really. Yeah. Based and on, I mean, the law that that was that that was involved in, in presenting the jury with their, their jury verdict form, right? Because in order to find their conclusion one way or another, they had to, they had to go through a, se a series of, of, of reasonable uh, logical steps that are, that are placed there by, by the case law. So it's, it's a misstatement of the law to say what they're saying here. Right. And, and worse, I think you could actually read it the opposite. You could say, well, maybe it's not a misstatement of law that that win on the actual description of the hoax does require you to believe Heard was defamed in some fashion by by phrasing the hoax that way. And well, if 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 she if it was a hoax, the actual details don't matter. You're right; she wasn't defamed. You know, win for Johnny Depp. I mean, I think you're running a risk here because he's appealing on this exact concept, 
And, and this just flat out isn't true. They, they basically gave her the win because they felt that Waldman had it right when he said it was a hoax, but he got the details wrong. Right. I mean, like, that's how I read the verdict. I, I don't know if you read it differently. Well, it was, that's how I read it as well. But this is also one of the fun things I like about appellate advocacy advocacy. Um, I know you guys referenced princess bride earlier, that sword fight between Indigo Montoya and, and Wesley. This is what appellate advocacy is. You see a brief come out, then you see the responsive brief, and then you see the reply. When they're doing this or when they're writing this, they are engaging in swordplay. Now, it takes a while for us to receive the response, 30 days, but when you're a court of appeals reading boom, 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 you see the parry or the thrust, and you see the defensive moves that are being made to, to offset that. This is leaving yourself exposed. What Rick said, like, so every single thing that you read in this brief, there is a offensive tactic taken there, but there's also a defensive strategy engaged in so that you're not leaving yourself open for a counterattack. This is one where they left themselves pretty wildly open for a counterattack. And reading these briefs, boom, 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 is like side by side is going to be really interesting in the end. I think that's a great point, Rob. And I'm really glad to have you here on this, uh, on this episode. Uh, so I think that's a bad argument. And I think it's a bad argument to say, even if the court were to disagree with everything else, the jury's awarded a debt of $10 million in compensatory and $5 million in punitive damages reduced, clearly is excessive given the narrow time frame for which Depp could recover. I, I don't think that's a strong argument either. I think you actually have the New York Times article <laughs> helping Depp out on that with all of the, like, he's been in the wilderness for a long time and studios won't take him up right now. Uh, so I don't, I, again, they took a shotgun approach. Whether this is organized in an array or not is going to be up to the eye of the beholder, I would suppose. Uh, but uh, you can see here just in the assignments of error, which we did go through earlier, they've got 16 separate ones. Uh, as Alita suggests, we're going to skip like the case here. You know, you've got, um, I don't know, eight weeks of coverage on Legal Bites you can check out. Uh, if you're interested in, in the details of the trial and the trial proceedings, we're just going to keep scrolling. And then we're just going to look at this, like just top line, basically headings and subheadings here, because you can see exactly where this goes. So the trial court should have dismissed Depp's claims on the grounds of forum non-convenience uh, in that it was not convenient for her to be there. Uh, Depp's defamation claims arose outside of Virginia. Uh, is it going to be a fight? Virginia adheres to the rule of Lex Loki Delecti, which isn't really as sexy as it sounds, or place of the wrong to determine where a tort cause of action arises. And then they have a little bit of fight about this because as you might recognize, the internet isn't actually a place. Um, and so the law often grapples with what, where, what, what happens when you publish something? What happens when you say something on the internet? Where is that? Um, and place of the wrong here is generally going to be where someone reads it, right? If you're defamed, it's where the actual hearing and the reading happens. Um, and you'll see them try to say that essentially Virginia is wrong because the server doesn't get to any place, that they skip this because they don't find that there is uh, the prerequisite uh, to being outside of Virginia so they don't go into a further analysis as claimed by them. Rob could probably tell me uh, if this is wrong from when it happened before the case started. Uh, but uh, they also rely on the fact, let's see if I can just pull it up here, uh, that, uh, what did they say? It requires a reader, it requires a listener uh, to actually make a place. I think I missed it. See, this is the problem when you can't highlight these things on the fly. Um, this, is, this is the crutch I rely on people, is those highlights. They're, they're useful to you, but they're also useful to me to where I put these things. 
but what one of the primary arguments they make here is that uh, Virginia is just a server. You need somebody to read these things, and the best place to put it is where they live. Uh, Depp is a resident of California, right? Yeah. And and Rob, you think this isn't? Let me let me let me let you speak on this, but. This isn't the worst argument in the world, but it still was dismissed earlier before the trial court. And so you don't see a Virginia Court of Appeals no, kicking out I, the trial. I don't. It, look, if you look at this from 30,000 30, feet up, you kind of look at Washington Post as being national publication, right? Yep. yep. But be mindful. Like, we're, I'm in Northern Virginia. Washington Post is a, still a local paper to me. So reading that is still, like, that is a Virginia and D.C.-based paper. There's a choice that's made in running to these publications, New York Times, USA Today, Washington Post. And there's a choice in in someone making an, or writing an editorial and choosing to publish that in a paper that has a certain circulation base, both local and national and multinational. My, my thing with this one is Amber Heard made the choice to publish through the Washington Post. And their not only their servers, their corporate headquarters is located in Virginia. They are Virginia, I believe they're a Virginia corporation. Um, everything about Washington Post is Virginia. So she chooses to enter that forum by engaging in that in that publication through that means. They keep on trying to make this a technical argument, but there's so much more there that says that she subjected herself to Virginia jurisdiction. And that was Judge White's initial initial decision on this. Yeah, and it does seem unlikely it would change. Their claims of prejudice here are that she was forced to rely almost exclusively on deposition designations and that the lack of compulsory process meant first that the only live fact witness was her own sister and that Depp, who had considerable resources from being decades, his decades as a movie star, again, speaking to the damages claim, I have to say, was able to call more than 15 live fact witnesses who voluntarily traveled to Virginia from another jurisdiction or appeared by WebEx, many of whom are employed by or otherwise financially linked to Depp. And I'm not sure. Which is a, a thing that they love to bring up. And they did this throughout the entire trial, too. was like, oh, this witness is on your payroll. Oh, this witness was on your payroll. Oh, this witness is your sister and also was on your payroll. You know, like, as, I mean, and I get it. I get it. You know, at it's you want to try to use whatever ammunition you have, you know, in in your in your in your, you know, as what is available to you. But, you know, it, it's just it's comical that it's like this is a, a refrain that they are continuing to use even at this stage. Like there's no there's no jury here. Right. Like like, OK, like what what's 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 the po what's the point here at this stage? Right. Other than other than for for public consumption, of course, because, you know, let's face it, they know that these things are being read by folks like us on the Internet. They know that these things are being are being, you know, digested publicly. And so that these are these are going to be you know things that that could be repeated to remind people like oh remember all of those witnesses by Johnny Depp that showed up by WebEx that showed up in person all of those people were totally biased and you know he bought all of them off and blah 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 you know all that BS sorry like, I'm, WebEx I'm is equally available WebEx is equally available to everybody we had huh? we had what was his name Romero the vaping this dude guy in the car. <laughs> that that was probably the coolest thing because several things. One, you had a judge that was so willing to allow people to avoid the prejudice of a, of a case that was outside their jurisdiction that the judge openly allowed someone to be deposed and for that deposition to come in as evidence 
when they're driving a moving vehicle, <laughs> eating and smoking a vape pen. Like that, that is how far this court went to make things fair for all parties. That would have been extended to Amber Heard's side of the equation. You had Kate Moss appear via WebEx, WebLink in a rebuttal case yes. on how many days notice. That was equally available to Amber Heard. None of these things were available only to one party and not the yep. other. Yep. It's just how it worked out. And if you want to talk about the distance of these witnesses, okay, Amber Heard's witnesses were largely in California. So were Johnny Depp's, by the way, except for I think Rocky, I think is in Chicago or something now, I guess, if I remember correctly. But by the way, Johnny Depp had several witnesses in Europe. So, so. And how many witnesses, how many of the 24 that showed up for Amber Heard in the UK trial? How many of the 24 uh, flew there to appear? Mm. I don't know. If there was more than one, then she loses this argument. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it, it, there's a couple of funny things here, right? Because I think Alita has it exactly right, which is what is the reference to being financially linked anyway? And, and from an appellate court, remember, appellate court is, is not looking at most of this stuff in a vacuum. You say, OK, you had the opportunity to present that concept to the jury, right? In fact, we have tape of you presenting it every single day uh, regarding every witness to the jury, right? And so the jury evaluated the facts of the case and decided that that wasn't enough to discount the uh, evidence that they were presented, the testimony they were presented, right? Uh, and you say, OK, so um, not so terribly prejudiced just based on the financial uh, situation. Uh, and then absolutely, WebEx, What, what when, when you have to mention the WebEx, and it's good that you did, right? Don't hide that ball. Uh, but when, when you mentioned the WebEx, what is preventing anybody from, from signing up to the WebEx? And I think a, a motivated appellate jurist would say what Rob said. Uh, this is the case where you had a guy vaping and starting to move his car at the end of the deposition, right? That was, <laughs> that was this case. Um, and so I don't think that works. You do have this interesting little bit. So they try to highlight more prejudice by saying Depp actually uses this. Uh, and I, I don't know when this was probably the closing argument. It was in closing. I didn't like, I didn't like when he used it either. I okay. thought it was, I thought it was kind of dirty pool. Like I got, I understood why he did it, but it was a little prejudicial. Yep. Okay. You may have noticed that no one showed up for Mrs. Heard in this courtroom other than her sister, other than a witness who traveled to Virginia for her as a paid expert. This is a woman who burns bridges. Her close friends don't show up for her. So you get that kind of leeway in closing arguments, but I, I, I do agree that when, when you've when you've asked for it to be in Virginia, which might be a completely legitimate forum for legal purposes, but you don't live there and you, you do have to do some work to either work with other jurisdictions to get people involved. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Rob. Uh, but. But it's also not Johnny Depp's fault that Amber Heard burned all of the bridges with all of her former friends. No, it's not. It's not. And when I say that I thought this is prejudicial, I was going I'm going like it's not something I would have said because I would have known, I would have known that this would be picked out and quoted in their brief. Hmm. Even though what you're saying is completely appropriate, you know, it's a quotable statement. Hmm. But you're um, right. Alita, you're right. This, uh, so this, the next one that they've got is should be dismissed because they're uh, expressions of opinion. As we've talked about defamation basically has to be false. Uh, and if it's not falsifiable, if it's, if it's just someone's opinion, then you can't bring a winning defamation claim. It's one of the tricks of this particular case that, as you will hear me say, if you go back to the very earliest Legal Bites broadcasts on this, uh, those statements seem true in isolation because they all refer to her state of mind um, and her opinion, right? And but that, that's important, though, is, is when you say in, in isolation, because well, defamation I mean, is not supposed to be analyzed in, in isolation. It's supposed to be analyzed in context. 
Well, my favorite argument that they make here is that this this whole implication thing doesn't quite work for uh, an actual malice and a a famous person, which I find really interesting. And it's exactly the kind of thing I would expect an appeals court to find interesting conceptually um, mm -hmm. is like, well, should it um, and like actually analyze that from a legal basis. Right. This is what I think of when I think of appellate courts is, oh, you know, it's the academics in the law library going, actually, that's. Uh huh. I wonder how those should work together. And that's the that's the furthest they get on that. They they argue a lot of facts, which I don't think will ever win, um, in at this kind of level. But on those kinds of questions, and we'll see them talk about it a little bit. The three challenge statements, with the exception of the portion of the headline stating I spoke up against sexual violence, which is obviously true, are protected opinion. There's no obvious basis for assessing the truth or falsity of whether heard felt or faced a culture's wrath, whether she is a public figure representing domestic abuse, or whether she saw institutions protect men. And this was this is basically my analysis before I watched the case, which yeah. is like, I'm literally sitting there going, well, they're all, I mean, she does represent domestic abuse. You don't actually need the abuse to exist for her to represent it. Um, and then- Depending on you know, your interpretation of representing. Well, I mean, I think she represents domestic abuse even now. Uh, I mean, like, it, it, it's one of those things she where... She represents it, at, you mean, she as an represents abuser? The other I would side of it. She certainly represents <laughs> the other side of yeah. it right now. Oh, my. Like, <laughs> I, I, I would say that a lot of a lot of that wouldn't have come to light, so... No, and, and I'm with you. I, I think the verdict was handled appropriately by the time I got to hear the whole case, but I, I will tell you that the, the pre-show was me looking at this going like, well, that's not, that's not the silver bullet that you're looking for, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, one of the defamation claims, oh, the, the trial but court should have dismissed. If I can, if I yeah. can point out one more thing on that Please. last paragraph though, um, it's, it's important to note that they, they take these statements and they, they slice them up into segments Thank and you. they also leave out a very important piece of it, which is the reference to two years before, two years ago, yeah. which uh -huh. is, which is so, so crucial uh -huh. to understand the significance of those statements, because I mean, obviously what happened two years before 2016, the divorce, the massive publicity campaign of her showing up to a TRO a hearing at the courthouse when it's not necessary. And she's sitting there, you know, acting in the, you know, in, in photos and whatnot, you know, like looking all like meek and so sad and, you know, calling I, in her appearances. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and of course that's why we heard from TMZ guy um, is is because of the 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 fact that there were suddenly paparazzi at Stanley Mosk Courthouse. Um, I think it was Stanley Mosk, but I mean, it, I will say, as someone who has been to many a hearing in many courthouses in Los Angeles, you don't just have uh, paparazzi just hanging out at every courthouse every day. They 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 generally don't. You have homeless people that hang out there, but they are not the same thing as paparazzi. Um, they only go if they are called. So anyway, that should be yes, a really good of method we know. for paparazzi to operate. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not putting it past a publication. Uh, so no, I, I, I hear exactly. I, I, you're right, Alita. Uh, you're, and, and this goes back to the, the main problem I had at the end of this court case, which is like, I do think that you can win this if you're Heard's team. I, I think that Heard as a client probably directed them to go this other way, which is the alternate universe that we talk about. Right. Um, but I, I think there was a place where you could say, Hey, these are statements of Heard's subjective viewpoints. Right. Um, and I agree with you that two years ago is is kind of noticeable and not not appearing here. You do wonder would 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 she even have gotten to this point if she doesn't include two years ago as part of a sentence? I don't, um, think, so. I, I don't think there would have. Yeah, I don't think there would have been a defamation case if she hadn't said two years ago. If she had and, said 
you know, I became a, a public figure for, yeah, for domestic abuse because of, you know, because of abuse that I've suffered. Like that's, that, that could have been a reference to any number of relationships that she had, but by, by placing two years ago, it makes everybody reading that think, huh, what happened was, two years ago? Was she divorcing it, some other guy? Yeah. <laughs> it was also in evidence, the different revisions to the article. Yes, that, that went back and included that because they needed to get closer. They needed people to draw that inference. They needed yeah, that, that was pretty damning testimony. And yeah. when you saw that, and you're going, "Oh my gosh!" Like this we was need to make this more impactful. And all of it, like so, when people said they didn't prove actual malice, did you look at those edits and see what they did to get closer and closer and closer to that? They knew the standard, and they were trying like hell to dodge it, and just, mmm, mmm. Yeah, and I think this is the first place that this uh, advances. So this is when they start talking about innuendo and implication. Depp's position is that the op-ed implies he abused her because reasonable readers would understand the word two years ago, I became a public figure representing domestic abuse to refer to that proceeding. Yes. <laughs> I think a reasonable yeah, reader would understand right. that. I think yep. I think the evidence there is also the, the circumstantial evidence. It doesn't like USA Today immediately launch an article that says that, she, that she's saying that it was Johnny Depp. Uh, oh, everyone like, did. Yeah, isn't it like immediate? It's like the same day. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so they then talk a little bit more about this. Uh, the op-ed did not recount the events underlying the domestic violence proceeding. Rather, she discussed how women who allege domestic violence are treated by society. I agree that this is the thrust here. Um, to accept as the trial court did, Depp's assertion that a reasonable reader could understand to imply that he abused her merely by describing the public reaction to her allegations would be to create a rule preventing any abused person from addressing the societal implications of speaking out about abuse. Certainly not any uh, folks that were actually abused would be free to talk about these things. That is part of the crux of, of what we're talking about in particular in this case. Uh, well, this And this next sentence is why you don't, this is a really bad move strategically. You don't give the court of appeals hypotheticals and you don't give them, you don't give them 60 days to read them because they're really <laughs> good at it. They're Court of Appeals people. are really good. That is how they pose questions. They give hypotheticals and they think about really creative hypotheticals to do it. You don't give them one, especially one that is so flawed as this. You if don't that give were the them law, this hypothetical to play with. Then it would be actionable in defamation to say four years ago, Christine Blaisley Ford became a public figure representing sexual assault. That plainly is not the law. Mm. Let me change this for you. Four years ago, I, Christine Blasey Ford, became a figure representing sexual assault. That then becomes actionable because I, Christine Blasey Ford, am the one who's making the statement. This, the way this is written. And I would know what I yes. have gone through. Yeah. I mean, I suspect that you could probably find a tweet that actually like says this. Um, so, yeah. It, again, it, it is... It, they're they're doing their best with this stuff. I agree with you, Rob. By the way, you don't you don't preload the gun on on this stuff. Mm -mm. Um, the trial court's ruling also contravenes the doctrine of judicial privilege. The statements heard made in the course of obtaining the restraining order were absolutely privileged. We're not what we're not talking about the statements made in the, yeah, in the restraining order, huh? Permitting a claim for defamation by implication premised on a person's published statement about her experiences in the aftermath of a judicial proceeding would substantially undercut the public policy served by the judicial privilege. Uh, nope, this isn't a winner. Ooh, I appreciate nope. it, young associate. Nope. Basically, nope. what they're saying the is because because she initially made these statements going to court for the TRO hearing, 
Therefore, anytime she repeats it afterwards, she's still privileged forever until the end of time. That is not that, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That is not the law. Because also, if that were the case, then the Adam Waldman statements would also 100% not be not be defamation either, because those were also legal arguments that were being used actively in litigation. And those are much closer tied, temporally speaking, to the actual litigation. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, I like I, seeing how much fun Rick is having with reading one sentence and then seeing how quickly Alita and I are just like, oh, oh my gosh, this guys. makes me so opinionated. No, I love <laughs> you guys. This is, this is great, right? This is this is me not being a litigator. These are the things I saw. You guys see a lot more. This is the purpose of panels. You guys are fantastic. Um, now, they do talk about Pendleton. Um, and they this is the this is the case that Alita helpfully during April or May or whenever uh, would would read off to us about how implication works in Virginia. Uh, and this is, if you don't know, it's an action brought by a mother of a student who died at school from a peanut allergy. The mother alleged that school officials had made statements to the public and the press in response to the incident, implying she was to blame for her child's death. For example, an right. official said that the school's trained professionals can only be effective if a parent provides information, doctor prescribed health plans, and the medicines necessary to carry out those plans. Unfortunately, this does not always occur. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, I, I will say this. That Pendleton case is clearer than Depp v. Hurt. I just I, I want to say this because oh. that is obviously what they're implying is that it the parents are so like it is, and it was, and it yeah. was a situation where like the mom had literally like at the beginning of the school year she was like I can give you this I can give you this like like here's here's this and this and this to make sure like in case there's ever any issue and they were like don't worry about it. We got it. Just take this all back. Like it's it's cool. We we got we got all that all that taken care of. And she's like, "Are you sure?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's all good." And then it happens, and they don't have the stuff. And then yeah, so yeah. That case yeah. is so 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 bad. And if you if you and the reason I've kind of talked about it so much is because if you're the court of appeals, you're coming in with a complete righteousness in this whole defamation by implication because that you needed implication in order to get the right judgment yeah. in that case. Yeah. You're and right. You could actually. not get there without the implication. So when yeah. you're coming in there and people are attacking this, this legal theory of defamation by implication and the overexpansive efforts there, you're mm-hmm. going, no, 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 no. We just decided this four years ago, five years ago, where literally we had to do this to get the right result. Because Justice. otherwise we're going to let the school get off with making those terrible statements about mom after the death of her child. Like yeah. we're not all going to allow that after they, they essentially killed their her child. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I agree with you, Rob. And I think that's a great point when you're thinking about equity and justice, the court looks at that and says, no, no, we, we are not going to let this through. So what does that look like in practice in, in a legal concept? Now I did mm-hmm. want to bring this up uh, because I actually thought they did a good job. And I, I, I wasn't familiar with this one. Maybe you are Rob of uh, this case, Fairfax versus Justin CBS. Fairfax. Yep. Yeah, all right. Uh, and they they describe it as follows. They say there the court considered whether the hosts of a television news program defamed former Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax. Oh, it's it's literally a Fairfax. It's not the city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Justin Fairfax. While interviewing, does that help you get elected if your name is Fairfax in Virginia? Uh, he was he was politically connected for a while. Okay. While interviewing two women who had accused Fairfax of sexual assault. The court concluded that Fairfax had failed to plead defamation by implication because the host had not stated that Fairfax did, in fact, commit the alleged sexual assaults. And the challenge commentary did not ascribe to any particular view of the underlying events, but rather focused on how persons who believe they are victims of sexual abuse are affected. In particular, that last line, I thought, was a nice finishing touch or flourish here from from the lawyers, because that 
lines up with what the purpose of the Washington Post op-ed is. This is obviously distinct, and we don't want interviewers and journalists to not ask questions of this type for fear of being sued for defamation. But what do you think of, of Fairfax versus CBS? Is it well, a me, closer analog just, than Pendleton? No, let me let me get rid of it in, in about one sentence. Please. Who's the defendant in that case? Um, CBS. CBS. The, yeah, the, the, the equivalent of the Washington Post. Yep. So you have a you have an actual news media publication. They are the ones being sued. They have the defense of basically it wasn't willful, malicious or, or actual malice because they did the due diligence, namely talking to the person who was the actual participant. Had he sued the actual women? Yeah. The, in that the case, interviewer. they were the defendants. Different, different analysis entirely. Okay, so and then that more entire case gets Amber Heard. Yeah, just toss it out of the analysis because you've got CBS as the defense. All right, all right, I like it, Rob. Getting to see Rob in action here, folks. Uh, but I, I, I did read that one and go like, oh, I especially like that last sentence because it's like that does match up if you were motivated to try to find that match. And yeah, Pendleton is awful. This is tragic, uh, and they try to distinguish it a little bit. Unlike here, the statements at issue in Pendleton were in direct response to questions about the child's death and asserted that a parent's failure to communicate key information about an allergy impedes treatment of allergic reactions. Thus, the words used by the defendants readily implied a causal relationship between the child's death and her mother's actions slash inactions. In stark contrast, the op-ed does not refer to death or say anything at all about Heard's abuse. I'm not sure that they actually had quotes directly about the death, but fair enough. Iron Man out of your brief. Yeah, it does not refer to Depp or say anything at all about Heard's abuse accusations or the judicial proceeding in which he obtained the restraining order. The trial court improperly allowed Depp to use innuendo to enlarge the meaning of the alleged slanderous words. Like I said, I think this is one of their more interesting lines of fight, but it isn't here. It isn't this kind of alleged, uh, oh, that couldn't possibly mean Johnny Depp abused me. I think that's kind of weak. What I like a little bit better is uh, a little bit further on. I want to make sure I don't. That was what it. she perceived. She perceived that as being her reality. Therefore, when she said it, she wasn't being malicious, wasn't acting with actual malice. Yeah. And I really like this one here. This is the one that I really like as something that if I were an appeals judge, it's like, oh, this would interest me. The trial court should have held that a plaintiff cannot recover for defamation by implication where the alleged implication is based on statements that are true on their face and involve a public figure or a matter of public concern. So, the, so remember, folks, that defamation has essentially two levels, uh, right? It has the normies uh, where you can get into a lot of trouble for just false, falsely stating things about them. And then the, the public people, your Amber Heard's and your Johnny Depp's, uh, where you actually have to have that malice. Uh, and in this particular case, they want to say that the Virginia rule should be that you cannot have implication defamation when you are in that second tier. And they've got a whole host of states that basically say that, mm -hmm. right? So they've got Louisiana, they've got Minnesota, they got New Mexico, Colorado, New Jersey. And their big problem here in presenting this to the Court of Appeals of Virginia is that it's not Virginia yet. No, it's not there. No, no, no. This is this isn't written for the Court of Appeals of Virginia. This okay, one sentence is written for the Virginia Supreme Court. Yeah. This is this is a this is a precursor. This is a preview of the argument they're going to make to the Virginia Supreme Court. Yeah. Court of Appeals is not going to go and rewrite the law on defamation by implication, but the Virginia Supreme Court could. And okay. they can basically say. This is the rule that we want you to adopt. It's not eliminating defamation by implication, 
but it's creating a second hurdle or a caveat to that legal standard. This isn't written to the Court of Appeals of Virginia. It's written to the Supreme Court. And the reason they're highlighting all the other states is they're trying to say, look, we haven't made this clarification yet. Look at all the other states who have. Please adopt it. Right, right. And this is a this is whatever. It's one, two, three, four, five states. You would assume that they'd probably include in a string site like this one everything that they could find. So the open question is, hey, are there other states that say the other thing? <laughs> right? Like that's part of this. And as you've said, Rob, that's what you would expect to see in the return volley, I would imagine, uh, mm -hmm. is if there is if there is an alternative rule that some of the states have adopted. Uh, and, and what direction that could go. They then advocate for that. This court should adopt the same rule here to further the public interest in speech on matters of public concern, including speech about how segments of the public react after someone makes allegations of abuse and hold that Depp failed to prove defamation by implication because he did not prove that the statements are false on their face. Now, this is an interesting kind of uh, end point here. I, to me, this argument, at least as I'm reading through the, the sites, is that essentially implication can't exist uh, for public figures. Uh, and so that's interesting in and of itself. I do like it. Again, as I said, that is the kind of legal argument where you say, hmm, hmm, that's actually distinct. That's the the, the whole system has to be rethought on this in this jurisdiction. Uh, and I do think appeals courts, uh, in my experience, reading uh, appellate decisions, they like that kind of stuff uh, more than the fact fights. Uh, trial court should have dismissed Depp's claims because the doctrine of issue preclusion prevents relitigation in the UK's court's rulings that Herb's abuse accusations are substantially true. Uh, we're not going to go through this one. I think that's false for any number of reasons because the British case is just distinct. And as we've just talked about with respect to CBS and the Washington Post and everything else, you have that extra layer of protection, especially for a public figure as a publisher, um, for what you know and what you don't know and what you can rely upon. Now, the British rules are actually different on malice and things like that. But it's another reason why you don't want to bring this in as issue preclusion in the United States court. So I just don't think it's a winner. This strikes me as a, like Amber Heard says this a lot. So I, I think that that's, that's one of the areas where this is coming from. Hey, we've already ruled on this in Britain. Uh, set aside the jury's verdict based on Depp's failure to prove actual malice. This is the other area, which Rob already previewed for us that I, I do kind of like if especially the trial court was different. Uh, that you were instead trying to defend Amber Heard by saying, you know, everybody has a different standard of abuse. And my client legitimately felt that she was abused. If you disagree, that's okay. But when she's going to go and write an op-ed to the Washington Post, she's allowed to, to tell her truth on this kind of thing. Right? So, I mean, it's, it's a different defense than what we saw. Like, it is a distinctly different defense than what they put forth. Uh, in, in the trial court. Now they're trying to kind of revive it or advocate for it at the appellate level. Uh, I, I don't know how that plays in front of a Virginia Court of Appeals. I suspect not terribly well. Rob, do you have any opinion on this? Not really. I mean, this one is, I, I just, this is a trial. This is one where you should have made it at the trial court level. And then once yep. you've, once you have failed to make it the trial court level, it's like kind of too bad. So sad. Like it's a litigation strategy move. You chose to yes. go a different path and I cannot reverse just because you made a bad call. Yep. Right. And you had a jury that actually had to find, regardless of whether mm -hmm. that's true right now, they had to find the elements, right? And they did find the elements. So the, the, the one barrier that we didn't really talk about on all this is that courts don't like overturning jury verdicts. Um, so you have to really find problems. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, trial court made numerous evidentiary errors. Uh, these are of the type we saw in the New York Times, so we don't have to... Look at those so much, but primarily it's heard saying things to psychologists and psychiatrists uh, that they really want back in. Uh, and then they also and, say, yeah, 
Aaliyah. And by the way, I mean, all of these evidentiary issues that they are bringing up here is all of those were decisions made by the judge that are discretionary. So in order to to overcome them on appeal, that the, the appellate court has to find abuse of discretion in her decision to leave them out. So which is a pretty high barrier. Right. I mean, I you probably know the magic words better than I do, Alita and Rob. But is, is this a clear error type stuff here? Which issue we're talking about the issue this of is evidence. This is uh, evidence being left error. out. Not just clear error, clear error, but allowing the evidence in would have changed the result. Yeah. So you have two hurdles. You have two hurdles to clear. One, no, you have three. One, the ruling was incorrect. Two, it was clearly incorrect. Like there's no argument that it could have gotten in one way. And then three, that that ruling prevented the jury from hearing something that would have changed their mind. Yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, you can imagine, I've seen appellate decisions that say something along the lines of this may have been an error of discretion or probably mm -hmm. shouldn't have been allowed, but we don't think it would change the verdict. Um, yeah. I, I, I anyone, anyone interested, Virginia Court of Appeals, their website, they actually publish all of the recent opinions. If you go through anything that has Commonwealth in the header is a criminal case, pull up a bunch of those for the past few months and then read how many of those where it was like, hey, we might have found an error, but it didn't change the outcome. Um, yeah. like 95% of those are, we might've found an error, didn't change the outcome, leaving it stand. Yeah. Essentially th those, those three, those three elements that would have to be met for, for overturning it are all, there are more ways to get the appellate argument kicked out than accepted. So, I mean, you can also think of it that way. There's, there's more ways in order for Amber Heard's argument to lose than to win. Yeah. Yep. What, what, what do you all say over there? Appeals are for losers. Uh, it's, uh, it's a tricky thing to go and win these. You do sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this stuff all about the evidence, all the fact-based stuff, all the trial courts, discretionary rulings. It's just my experience reading these things. I'm certainly not you know, in the mix on this stuff like Alito or Rob might be. But just reading these things, that it's just uh, these are the stuff. This is the stuff that is really hard to win on. Um, it's PR. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I find I like this one, by the way, that they, they think that the uh, the court admitting anything about the pledges versus donations uh, is reversible error and, and prejudicial to their client. It's PR. It's just it's 100 percent PR. It's it is. It is interesting because it's like, well, um, you are evaluating her truthfulness. Um, pretty sure. Pretty sure this is going to fly. Yeah. But here's how here's yeah. how you know it's and PR. I, here's how you know it's PR. Yeah. So you scroll through. Yeah. Um, look at how many citations are included in this in these sections mm -hmm. versus how many legal <laughs> sites are included in the upper sections. Oh, like, yeah. These are all like one or two cases, and they're citing to uh -huh. Virginia Supreme Court rules. Every other case yeah. is like body of case law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just I, I love I love that the the pledge versus donation section. Now they're like Johnny Depp was just trying to attack her credibility. It's what's supposed to happen. It is. That <laughs> is the job. <laughs> like what else is the jury's? I mean, the jury's supposed to look at a lot of things, but like that is one of the core things that the jury's supposed to be looking at is 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 evidence of her credibility. <laughs> And his credibility and the credibility of literally every witness that testifies. So it's just, it's, it's funny. Yep. And, and you got the, you got one that we definitely expected, which is that she didn't publish the headline to the Washington post that they argue. Now I recommend not saying mm. that I published this in your tweet 
um, if you're if you're gonna of. if you're gonna retweet those things. But they they do yeoman's work here, trying to get around that the client <laughs> the client actually had an I did this statement in their tweet. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're, they're trying again. How I much, how much of this would have not occurred had that, had she just not tweeted that out? I, I think it's a lot harder to say that she takes ownership of various uh -huh. aspects of it. Um, and I do think the headline, the headline is actually the one where, you know, when we're talking about it as the jury deliberates, I'm like, the headline is the silver bullet. Like that one is the one where you actually talk about sexual violence where it's like, I don't, I mean, I don't think that case was made at all. The other stuff you get into state of mind. Oh, I am a representative. Does the abuse actually have to happen? All the things that I talked about before, the headline is where it's like, well, if that is allowed um, and she republished it, and I think that tweet is very strong evidence that she did. Um, mm -hmm. That's a hard one to give if I'm on the jury. It's a hard one to give. Trial court improperly instructed the jury on actual malice. Considering <sighs> considering that Elaine Bredhoff went, <laughs> went crazy and said malice was like anger or something, uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really fight the the actual malice stuff so much. But hey, uh, oh, please please Ben Chu, throw in all the quotes from Elaine Bredhoff's closing on actual malice. Like just please yeah. do a bullet point format and just give me everything she said about it. Uh, yes. Uh, and now we're in the real bad stuff. So we're definitely not going to spend too much time on it. We covered it in the summary. The jury verdicts are inherently and irreconcilably inconsistent. Nope. They are not. They're not. Uh, jury damage award is excessive. I, no. I don't actually think so for John. What about her $100 million request? Yeah. I just, mm -hmm. The jury nope. didn't award it, though. So it wasn't excessive. The I guess not. No. Right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we've got various, uh, in, inappropriate admissions and then conclusion. All right. So again, that's the very short form version. I think Alita at legal bites, you talked about it for like two, two plus hours. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there. I want to think, I, I want to think that check out that video. Um, Rob, did you, did you talk about this? What, what Avenue did you talk about this in? So people could check it out. Was it a Friday night frenzy? Only time I ever talked about, I talked about the amicus brief. So I haven't been able to talk about this brief. I've been oh, okay. under the, I've been out for the count all week long. I know. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that, to see you're feeling better. I'm feeling a little bit better. The jaw's a little bit swollen. Uh, feeling able to sit up and talk is a good I can side. sit up and talk and I've got the <laughs> root canal scheduled in two hours. So that'll be fun. Been there, buddy. You will be in my thoughts. Yeah. So yeah, Rob, even on a terrible dental day, is here with us talking briefs, talking Amber Heard, talking Johnny Depp. Uh, and yeah, I, here's what I would say on this. There are a couple of places that a motivated jurist could say, hmm, maybe, on the Amber Heard stuff. Um, so if you think that it's all a slam dunk throughout the document, I would argue that you're wrong. Um, but I do think, as Alita properly pointed out, the assumption here should be uh, status quo, right? Even Johnny Depp's argument, which I think is a good one, um, the, the working assumption, the default should be everything stays the same. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I see that one. Here. I actually see that one getting more legs. Like I, I honestly do. I think there are more legs that's there. a pure legal principle. I think there are more legs there, Rob, but I, I just, I'm trying to set the expectation. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I will say, you know, reading, reading through Depp's appeal brief, it just felt yeah, there's there's something about keeping your argument concise to the point, Very limiting short. your limiting your points that you want to go after. Whereas this one, as we said, is a charcuterie board of of arguments. I'm it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna merch. roll with it. I, Get ready I for the it. legal bites. Official I, I want the merch. Board. I need the t-shirt <laughs> that has the charcuterie board on the back. I don't want a it labels the I want arguments. An honest to God, charcuterie board. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> I actually, oh, it's funny you say that because I actually have a charcuterie board made by Rob. That was a, a lovely, a lovely wedding gift. I mean, it's a cutting board, but we use it as a charcuterie board on Thanksgiving. I meant to tell you about that, Rob. Um, I actually meant to take a picture too, but I, I completely forgot. But anyway, um, yeah, no. So anyway, but, but the, the, like I was saying, the, the charcuterie board of arguments it's you're you're more likely to get distracted. You're more likely to be like, okay, like like how like how how do these arguments really fit in together? With the DEP one, it is much simpler, much more streamlined, and you're able to kind of look at all of the 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 different arguments that they make and say, you know what, this actually kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, and the way that they the way that they argued it was was very organized, streamlined, and I thought it was pretty persuasive. But you know, at the same time, I also don't want to. I, I always want to try to keep myself in check because I very much agree with the verdict. So <laughs> with Depp's verdict. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to, um, sorry, I, I, I just saw that my name flashed on there. I didn't see the, the chat anyway, oh, sure. whatever. Uh, oh, Security okay. board is on brand for you, Alita. I agree. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> um, my soul is in fact made of cheese. So I guess that's correct. Um, well, and then also the chinchilla of evidence. That was, the we love the chinchilla of evidence. The chinchilla of evidence, the charcuterie board. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Don't get stuck in an array. Get stuck in Elite of Legal Bites' charcuterie board of legal arguments. <laughs> Available for now for only three payments of $59.99. <laughs> we can finance, but it's only with FTX. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. It's even better. You have to finance, you have to finance through Alameda, but you will your your debit will be posted on FTX. That is true. Actually, when we get your money, we'll send the charcuterie board to Alameda. Hey, <sighs> it's just the way we do business here. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Sorry, I don't know um, Rob's but anyway. spots, but I had to. <laughs> the uh, other is in his teeth. Um, so long as so long as it's not in any Balenciaga brand bags. Uh, oh my gosh. I have to actually look up that. There's some kind of yeah, I don't even know what that one is. Oh, about. you didn't see you didn't see the That's new tweet. That's my rabbit Ye. hole that I've been in. Okay. Mm -hmm. The new tweet today from Ye is just it's it is another level, man. Oh, well, he's not even known suspended. how to how to pronounce it. So he's, I'm glad that well, you said it, Alita. He's he's yeah. been he's been suspended. Kanye's been for, suspended on Twitter. For good reason. He put up a star yeah. of David with a certain symbol inside of the star of David. And I was like, those two should never be in the same place. I managed to take screenshots of his tweets before he was suspended because I saw that coming. Um, so I, I have a if anybody wants to see my Instagram stories, I have it all there. I <laughs> don't even really know how to turn on Instagram, although I do have a number of followers to my completely blank Instagram page. So what's very nice. funny about this, co-counsel won't like this, I mentioned. So we're, I'm, I'm starting to do YouTube right right after uh, Hogla opens. I, I start YouTube a couple of years, a year and a half later, give or take. Uh, and one of the things she says, because she's a photographer, one of the things is that you, you could have Twitter. Instagram's mine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and so I've never learned anything about how to use Instagram whatsoever. But I also don't have a lot of photos on my side. Uh, so it's, uh, it's funny. I'm supposed to learn Instagram now and I have, I have no idea. I'm like, I'll wait for the FTC to divest it from Facebook and we'll go from there. Um, I do have a couple now, of super chats. And now Ms. Hoaglaw is sitting there on Twitter and just Twitter champ. I love, right? I love her tweets. Right? Who invaded the other person who's declared space first, right, Rob? Uh, I, yeah. I no, Mrs. Hoaglaw is fantastic. Check her out. Follow her on Twitter. You'll get lots of pictures of plants and various complaints about my movie reviews of Disney plus. So there you go. Brit. 
You don't have to super chat anymore, Britt. But I really appreciate it. I agree, Hogue. I would have gone with my client. Clearly does not operate in our reality. Just look at the non-cuts on her feet, back and arms. She's clearly as crazy as a bag of cats. I think that could have worked. I, I know you're being hyperbolic, Britt, but I think that could have worked. It might have worked. I mean, I, I honestly might have if you can get that testimonial performance to kind of match with this person doesn't have a great handle on what's going on, I, I think that could have worked. I honest to God do, Britt. Mav, I feel like this brief is intended for public consumption rather than judicial. The misstatements are obviously things the judge will spot, but the average person may not, therefore helping her image. Maybe. That's what Rob says. Rob says it's a PR function in lots of pieces of the brief. So I think you're onto something, Mav. That Sarah says, have fun storming the castle. Wave emoji <laughs> from Princess Bride. So my go-to favorite way to say goodbye to someone heading off to work or school laughing emoji. <laughs> That's right. I just like I just like telling Mr. Bites, I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. I, there's so many quotables. <laughs> so oh. many. It's 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 <sighs> almost on par with Mean Girls. And yes, I actually do have that is the entire that is the entire movie Princess Bride. Every single scene is on that painting. Oh, there. is that literally Princess Bride? Yeah. Oh my the whole movie. Oh my goodness. Way to go. Way to go. Trufflehound says, for the Aussie chat, she don't like that. That kind of behavior. She don't like that kind of behavior. So throw down your pens. Don't be so reckless. Words to live by, Trufflehound. <laughs> mm. I assume that's a song. <laughs> Uh, and then Trufflehound, Deep Dive, Amicus Brief, Ian and Andrea, Runkle of the Bailey, really good analysis. Andrea is hilarious. I understand that video is awesome. So even though he's sleeping through this, I guess, apparently sleeps occasionally, do check out Ian and Andrea covering the Amicus Briefs, uh, which I have not covered, but I They're understand actually though, are not as well written. Amica Briefs. Amica Briefs. Amica Briefs. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> It, Which it, actually, just, I really, I really think that that Amicus briefs. I really think that that's the reason, one of the big reasons why Elaine made that mistake with Arnica cream because she Amica. probably is much more familiar with with Amicus briefs, and so seeing that just kind of like screwed her brain. And Amiki, right? I mean, like, there's yeah, that's yeah. a good theory. Yeah, good theory. I think something just like crossed in her brain and she just like and then and then immediately calcified. So she couldn't she couldn't like like back off of calling it. Oh, no. <laughs> so Triple like she Hound couldn't like some... back off and be like, whoops, I misrep I, I I misstated that, you know. <laughs> Trouble out here with some advertising copy. Do you live in the Bahamas? Did you commit fraud? <laughs> do you like cheese and or Harry Potter? Well, do we have the shark board <laughs> for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i can tell you what sam bankman fried is not going to be joining a twitter spaces at any point in time in the near future yeah, i saw that, you doing that you were reporting on it to us did it go as badly as you suggest it was because because he went on the new york times summit right and they they were applauding his comments oh, they were they were oh so terrible everything about it and then he goes on Good Morning America and George Stephanopoulos does the tiptoe and not asking hard questions. Uh -huh. So he jumps on this Twitter spaces and on He's the right. Twitter spaces is <laughs> CoffeeZilla, every single person who's known and covered this story from on the ground. And people who actually who beaten, wants real answers. Exactly. Who have beaten mainstream media and corporate media on the every single topic. Yeah. 
and they are sitting there just waiting in the wings and start asking him questions. And he admits that he, he admits double accounting from Alameda and FTX. So when you would deposit to FTX via Alameda, you showed us having a dollar in Alameda and a dollar in FTX, which meant that FTX then took your real dollar and it leveraged that as collateral for loans and made money off of it. But that dollar doesn't dollar, exist, Rob. I know. What? So there were there were possibility of ghost tokens out there, things that were fictitious and didn't make any sense. Then he admits the double accounting. Then he admits that he was commingling funds in uh, in. Oh my gosh, it's just in futures versus uh, spot options. He said this platform. on a recorded platform, and it's because he had been given this this soft treatment by corporate media the entire he time. Assumed everyone assumed was thinking this way. And they did, and the poor hosts were kind of at each other's throats at the end. They were really upset. They were like, we went about this wrong. And I'm going, guys, no, you didn't. You actually did okay. There was, he had no clue. And it, CoffeeZilla gets handed the mic to start asking questions. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, you need to. Because yes. he, has been, he has or been on, on YouTube as well of this reporting. He is probably one of the best minds in this issue. And he gets the microphone for these questions. And starts asking, um, he gets one question in and all of a sudden the host says, I'm sorry, guys, I'm getting a bunch of DMs from, from Sam here. He's had a public, he has a private, uh, a separate engagement that he's going to miss. He's been DMing me for a while and he has to jump off. And it's like, oh, really? So you've been getting the panic button. I have to leave. I have to mm -hmm. leave. Yeah. Mistakes were made before someone joining the stream at all. <laughs> right. Which, by the way, um, I, I sent in the private chat a link to a tweet that I just thought was so hilarious that it's it's uh, by Alex Sue, who's a he's a he's a lawyer that I guess works in house now, but he does a lot of like really funny law memes that he he has a, a funny one on on Twitter about him appearing about SBF appearing on the live stream. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you want to share it, oh good. It's I'm really that to you, Alita. I still have my no video rule for the yeah, most Yeah, Rick part. has the That's no fair. video That's stuff. Fair. It's, That's uh, fair. It's basically an entire room of people jumping up and down the second something happens on TV. Yeah. Yes. It's a, this, I think it's can, I share, can I share it in the chat? Is that okay? Yeah, share it in the chat. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. okay. It, That's fine. It was, That's it was, fine. <laughs> it was epic. If I'm deal and I, I tuned into the Twitter spaces because I had seen someone announce it and I'm going, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. And the second that starts, and the second they get to question, I'm going, holy, someone go in and like, if I'm his lawyer, I'm sitting there with the, the hook and just like yanking him off of that. Like, like aren't Bo you, Peep with Woody. Your, uh, your withdrawal? <laughs> or, uh, hey, <sighs> you know, it's been fun, Sam. Uh, we're out. <laughs> Deuces. That's, yeah. Have a good time. That's great. <laughs> I appreciate you saying so often that you were going against the advice of lawyers because that makes it easier. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, it's uh, it's absolutely uh, Rob. Go follow Rob if you don't already on Twitter because part of my favorite pieces of the day right now are Rob losing his mind about uh, Sam or FTX because it just happens every day. Like yes. something happens every day, and every you might day. you might get Rob tweeting after twilight or anesthesia this afternoon so who knows what he might tweet about sam Drunk so follow Rob. him on twitter folks i recommend <laughs> <laughs>
awesome. I, I love it. Thank you for the updates. Uh, Necrotic says, group question, what percentage of the brief is real argument versus publicity in your estimation? I think there's like four maybe solid-ish arguments out of 16. That's that's basically where I Yeah, am. but as far as the as far as the page use, I would yeah. say maybe 60%. Like they they take 60% yeah. of the pages for those four. Yep. And then the remaining 14 that are kind of junk or the remaining 12 that are junk, they they use the remaining 40% of the page. Yeah. Shorter shorter stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I mean I, I think it's okay. So so more is based on the real stuff because well, they got real stuff to to argue. <laughs> Texas Katie did obvious argument. I think they missed jury did think some AB was mutual because they didn't uh, award Johnny Depp all his damages. So Texas, I think the main issue you have with that is that you're setting the denominator at a damage level that you think is much higher and the jury doesn't have to agree with that. So it's possible that the jury did some fractional reserve banking like Sam, uh, or it is just looking at it and saying, I don't know that I can defend more than X amount of dollars uh, on this. It uh, could be that they looked at his his acting and said, you know, he would have he would have seen a problem with his income because of COVID, you know, yeah. in 2020. It, it, you know, they, they they may have looked at that and just said, you know, I don't really think it, it's worth all that much. But I do think that it's worth giving him quite a bit. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, yeah, Elite is exactly right, is that you're kind of bringing what you think the damages are to it on your own, which is totally understandable. But we don't know what the jury's actual denominator was, whether they were discounting anything, whatever it might be. So we don't know whether that this happened. We do know that they awarded Johnny Depp the win for Adam Waldman saying things are a hoax. So we got a lot of circumstantial evidence that they don't believe it's terribly mutual or are willing to give a lot of credit to the Amber Heard side on that. Uh, but you, you're right. Damages, when a number just pops out of the jury, there's 6,000 ways they could have got there. Um, so what you want is... Can, can that be defended on the Johnny Depp side? I think it's clear that it can. That's why I called it a loser argument from them. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's, it's all these other th various things. Uh, but um, we don't we don't know how they calculated it. Juries! <laughs> yep. Travel Hound, that SPF Twitter spaces was the definition of a nuclear brain fart. All his lawyers just quit. You could hear them quit in real time. I would have quit. <laughs> I would have quit. I will tell you this. There are times in my life where I've had to say, client, if you're not going to listen to me, that's totally okay. You need to get representation that works for you. Yep. Uh, and in the back of my head going, the, oh, God, this is this mm -hmm. is, I'm going to get dragged into a lawsuit of some kind. There's going to be some kind of weird-ass malpractice complaint. You know what? You go about your business, sir. I uh, I wish you luck. <laughs> but but it's all in the, in a very carefully crafted email where you go paragraph by paragraph saying, yep. this is what we talked about. This right. is yep. what I said. This is what you said, what I said, what you said. And, you know, uh, and then at the very end being like, say like okay if if anything you know care if my if my characterization of these facts above or or something if like anything in the facts above is not according to your understanding please tell me immediately oh, yeah, in me writing in response to this email you know like and then there's no response to the email and then you're like okay good right let's just walk away goodbye walk away. no and in my neck of the woods right i it, it doesn't have the kind of litigation imp implications usually mine are regulatory so you know we sell stocks and things right and so we do private offerings and we say, okay, so now you, you're, what you're not allowed to do, and this is more specifically applicable for a few years ago before they had certain aspects of things that you could solicit for, is that what you can't do is you can't go and just generally solicit. It's a term of art. You can't just go and say, oh, we got these stocks and go try to sell them out into the open public. And I kid you not, 
we had we had just finalized a, a Series A offering. I think it was Series A of stock equity in a company, mm-hmm. and I'm driving to work, and I hear my client on the radio <sighs> saying, "We've got this offering. Give me a call." and we write a we write a memo it's like okay so um you know all those safe harbor rules and securities exemptions that you get so you just did them all dirty we've got an issue now Uh, we can try (laughs) to cleanse this uh we can do all these various things but also uh, as soon as we get over this particular hurdle we think it's best that you seek other representation (laughs) because if you can't you don't want this kind of heat, and especially at a smaller place, right? This was actually while I was at the bigger law firm. But you know, you talk you talk about something like Hogue Law. It's like we we can't we got ma- major problems if we get dragged into like a federal regulatory investigation. We got to be real careful a- about that stuff. So it, it's one of those where clients clients can do you dirty as a lawyer, and you got to you kind of try to watch that stuff and or write memos and emails like Elita suggested. Uh, so yes, as soon as this guy goes on Twitter Spaces. Um, yeah, you say, well, okay, um, that's a choice, uh, and we wish you well for it, uh, but uh, that's not, not going to work for us. I'm convinced he 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 either didn't recognize the names that were in there, because the second I pulled it up and looked at all the names that were in there, I was going, oh, this is going to go horribly for him. You recognize hostile it is, commentators. It is hostile, not just hostile commentators, but people who really have been covering this from the day one, who Very know, knowledgeable. they really know the in, how these uh, exchanges work, how the crypto markets work, how all of these things were kind of, fa- they have been following this. These questions are not going to be like 30,000 feet up. They're going to be specific right into the facts. And you're not going to be able to BS them. Not to mention one of the first questions asked him like, hey, on November 15th, you said this. And he says, I don't remember saying that. And they was like, hey, can you pull up the, the part where he says this? And uh, you, hear an, you hear audio, <laughs> the court you hear turned audio to page play. 77 of exhibit CC1. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I heard audio playing. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is like public cross in like a completely unprepared witness. Oh, you could t- see Rob's living the dream with this stuff. So do follow him on Twitter. Follow Legal Bites on Twitter as well. Chub Toad has a recommendation for you, Rob. Post Root Canal live stream, preferably still under a slight a bit of anesthesia. It's a good time. It's a good time. I didn't remember where I was goes. for a period after my Root Canal. We're just going to uh, see how this goes. <laughs> Truffle Hound, follow Rob melting down and Truffle Hound, bring him back to life with stupid jokes each week on Friday Night Frenzy. Also, bring back Andy to Friday Night Frenzy. Total bros. Oh, bros. Did you have Andy on Friday and Frenzy? Yeah, Andy was on. Oh, we had a good time. He did, Andy was he did on. Show up. Did he dress up as as Andy the Elf by any chance? No. For that one? Not on oh, that okay. one. No. He sent me. He sent me a urine oh, smelling an candle. All right. Oh, they had the urine smelling candle. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, you've heard of Rob's uh, tough uh, travails uh, today. <laughs> Rob, is there going to be a Friday and Frenzy tonight? I I'm going to make that kind of a game time decision. Okay. I really need to see how this feels. Like I have I have my fever just broke two days ago. Like this whole infection. And you're has just really now getting me. on a live stream? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I haven't eaten solid food in a while. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes today. Well, good luck to you. I can certainly uh, vouch for the unfunness, uh, but it is a relief after it gets done and after you wind up feeling punched in the mouth for a little while. Uh, so best of luck to you. You will be in my thoughts, Rob. And just keep track of Rob's Twitter for his Sam and uh, Friday Night Frenzy 
and FTX takes and announcements. Uh, Alita, what do you got going on today or this weekend? I actually have in seven minutes, I'm starting a members, uh, bike club members exclusive live stream. It's our casual You're Friday. You're on a live is- stream in seven minutes? I'm sorry, Alita. No, no. Run it right up oh, no, no. This is, this is my, this is my <laughs> casual hangout with people where it's like, we don't even talk about the law. We talk about like crafting and movies and like just crafting. super, super casual um, so, so folks that are, that are in, in the, in my YouTube members, whether through, through YouTube members or through, through locals or through Patreon all have access to it. Um, so I'm going to have to get up and do a quick pit stop and then also give Indy some food. Cause she's, that's why she was jumping on me earlier. She's like, I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> all right. Then, well, uh, let me make we'll sure we can end this stream then. Thank you to you both for being here forever yeah. uh, this morning. I love Casual Fridays because I love hanging out. We got to talk about cats jumping in trees, favorite movies, Rob's dental emergencies, and Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. So I consider that a big win for a Friday morning. Folks, uh, as you know, Lawyers and Dragons still on hiatus between seasons, so don't expect us tomorrow morning. But do expect a lot of sports talk on my Twitter if you want to follow there. And I don't think we'll do another virtual legality today, but if something pops up. I will cover it then. Go check out uh, Alita's stream. I think you have to become a member first, so go become a member of Legal Bites before you can see uh, that stream. And, you know, just have Rob in your thoughts, and we'll see if he does a Friday Night Frenzy or just wants to talk on anesthesia for two hours about how he feels about Sam and FTX. Anything goes. Who knows what will happen? Folks, thank you so much for joining us I vote for the latter if I, if I have <laughs> any say in it. Vote for the latter. <laughs> there you go. Just come on in. Uh, and we do have a couple of notes from Andy here. Legal Bites didn't see me on Friday Night Frenzy. Gasp. No, she doesn't follow you around the internet, Andy. Well, it also is at like the worst time for me. So it's like I really have to truly commit um, to to watching Friday Night Frenzy or or showing up on Friday Night Frenzy, you know, when I, when I have the opportunity to. I literally don't um, know how my colleagues operate at all. Uh, it, it's I, they're, they're seemingly awake at all hours of the day. I can't do it. I, I, you know, every every now and then I'll I'll have like a weird sleep schedule and I'll be like, oh, I can actually I can actually show up to this, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. And Truffle returns volley to Andy. Says it's okay. I got you, bro. Yippee kaye. Ho ho ho. Now I've got a machine gun. Glad I'm glad he didn't he didn't in, uh, include the full quote. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Mr. Falcon, the, right? I believe the, that's how I learned it when I was a kid. Uh, Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon was the uh, preferred uh, replacement oh, on whatever that's cable a channel. Good I one. I'm going to use that. that. Mr. Falcon. <laughs> All right, bad. everybody. I got to go. We got to get these people where they need to be. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Hoglaw YouTube channel. Have a great one. <laughs>